0: Our quote for this week is Ludwig von Mises, all rational action is in the first place individual action. Only the individual thinks, only the individual reasons, only the individual acts. Welcome to Aquarian Anarchy. This is Marcus Pulis and you will notice that we are a little different tonight. Um, Chad is If he makes it, he will only be here briefly. Nico is running late, and we've asked our buddy, Hotep Daryl, to join us. As you will see, you see Julian beneath us, and uh, we'll give him an introduction here in a moment, and as you can see, he's also running for Congress, which is a wonderful thing to have him on the show. Uh, Julian, I want to welcome you, but I'll get to your introduction in a moment. First of all, (laughs) I want people to uh, like, share, and uh, hit that bell icon. Uh, go to the store, get yourself an ogre shit t-shirt, and uh, go to uh, and also uh, uh, go to our Patreon and do that. Um, before we get a whole lot farther, there is a couple things in the news that I would like to cover. Um, particularly one uh, specific thing. I'm gonna go ahead and bring this up to the forefront so y'all can see. Um, this happened today, and I think that it is. Uh, an interesting development in the cause of not only peace and freedom, but also the contents of hell. So today, um, one of the biggest shitbags in history, Donald Rumsfeld, joined his master in hell. And um, I cannot be happier that he is gone. I feel for his family, That I felt for his family the moment that he, they became his family because he is a murderous bastard and the world is better off with him gone. So <laughs> as you can see, I have an opinion about that. Uh, but um, it has been an interesting week and um, This week, we have a good friend of what has become a friend of mine, uh, Julian Ackard, and uh, he is running for Congress in the North or in uh, uh, New Hampshire for the first district. And uh, he's running as a Republican, and I'm sure we'll get into that. And he, uh, he and I first met through Hotep Circles. He's a solutionary, and I have learned that he is certainly an ally. He may not be exactly an anarch, and he may be a little bit different than some of us, but um, he is an ally, and he is definitely, uh, I look forward to hopefully him uh, getting put into uh, Congress. That would be amazing, because that would mean somebody that listens to my ass might actually be in, in Congress. And um, I do also want to introduce uh, everyone to Hotep Daryl. We've mentioned Daryl a million times because he is one of our uh, number one Anarchs in our Anarch chat, and um, he has definitely uh, added a bunch of content to that site, and uh, particularly when it involves firearms a um, great guy and i'm glad to introduce him to our uh, audience as well and if you want a piece of his fucking information i'm telling you what go to our patreon at the five dollar level you get put into the anarch chat it is worth the five dollars because the deals that we <laughs> have seen particularly from from daryl on firearms is worth it all by itself so anyway without further ado i, I want to you're welcome. Welcome to the show, Hotep Daryl. And um, so, Julian, I want to uh, dive in. Tell us about yourself beyond the political bullshit that we like to talk about. Tell us about who you are.
1: All right. So uh, I was born in RAF Upper Hayford in England. And then my, parent, uh-huh. my parents were active duty at the time. And then we moved back stateside when I was about three years old. And my mom was stationed at Wright Patterson Air Force Base. After she retired, uh, we lived in Wright Patterson and Dayton, Ohio for a little bit. So,
0: my Dayton, goodness. Ohio,
1: for anyone who's ever been to Ohio, Dayton, Ohio is kind of like a miniature Detroit. Uh, just as much crime, just as much uh, drugs and everything else, except it's right on the Mason Dixon line. And we have people who are still angry about the outcome of the Civil War. Uh, We, (laughs) growing up, we had an active Black Panthers and active KKK chapter in that city. Uh, So just a little reference with all the racialization of everything in America right now, where apparently math, science, and anything at all happens to be racist. Uh, You all suck because you're all a bunch of liars. Now, on to me moving up to New Hampshire, my my grandmother passed, my dad, who is from up here, uh, we came up and we took over the family house that my grandfather and my grandmother built in Atkinson, New Hampshire. And I graduated from up here, then I went active duty in the Marine Corps, because I had this weird idea thinking that if I served, uh, I might be able to prevent the next war and my future children from having to serve. And my brothers and sisters from having to serve and that was not the case. I still love the Marine Corps. I want to spend 36 years. I wanted to be in the Marine Corps so damn long they took an act of Congress to kick me out. And I wanted to deploy every year, because I'm a belligerent bastard and that's where belligerent bastards and the military belong is on a battlefield kicking ass. Now that didn't work out. I was medically retired in 2011. And in 2016, after trying to live in the state, the communist state of California, for as long as I physically could and enjoy the nice weather, I moved back home to New Hampshire to find out that my live free or die state, the closest it will ever get to being uh, a libertarian state, is not so live free or die. And that a lot of the issues that I found out in California uh, were already here waiting for me. When I got back, and wow. after basically from 2000 until present day, I've watched the conversation in this country degrade to a point where we're all talking past each other. We don't even use the same language anymore. And well, frankly, like I said, like you said previously, I'm running as a Republican, uh, but the best way to describe my my policy is nationalist. On foreign policy and libertarian on domestic policy because I think that's probably about as good as we're going to get because I'm not so uh intellectually I'm I don't do intellectual purity tests mm-hmm. I understand that the world is not perfect I understand that we'll never get an entire country of libertarians and I understand that it is equally as uh, foolish as the whole uh Marxist utopia to think that we'll ever get a libertarian utopia um, I think about as far as that'll last is about maybe five minutes before sure. somebody uh, tries to take control over something. Sure, and, and we end up restarting the cycle all over again. But so um,
0: I, I, I want to dive in real quick, uh, Julian, um, with the, with the idea. What I'd like you to define what you mean by nationalist for our audience.
1: So when I when I say nationalist, I mean if you're elected to Congress, your job is to serve American citizens, not to serve other countries not to benefit other nations, not to go to war to fix somebody else's problems, not to uh, to give foreign aid and tax American citizens for other people's problems. Your job is not to fix the world's problems. I understand being engaged in the world. I understand backing our allies because I'm not so ignorant of the world around us that I believe that we can be completely isolationist. The fact is we've already seen what happens when we start to neglect our allies a lot of the peace treaties in the world are banked on the idea that everyone has that literally everyone has our back or that i should say we have everyone's back and we've seen what happens when we have politicians get wishy-washy on that they start to become you know engage in their imperialist uh Inklings, sort of like what China's doing in South China Sea currently to Hong Kong and Taiwan and you know pretty much everyone else that they've conquered over the past uh, 5,000 years. And now we're at the point where it's about to happen again. And if you look, I want to end the more imperialist streak that the United States good. has had over the many years because I don't believe wars of attrition are a good thing in any way and I don't believe if we go to war that we should be fighting it for any other reason than to kick ass and win it. Or so for so that matter. Right if ahead. we're going to go to war, we need to be there to win. If I have to fight you, I want to end you, and I want it to be so bluntly obvious how bad it went, that everyone else sees it and goes, alright, let's not do this again. That That's my take, is avoid war whenever possible, and whenever you can't avoid it, uh, make it so that everyone, uh, it's a cautionary tale for the rest of all time.
0: Sure. Uh, For me, my, my take on war is war is murder. It doesn't matter if, uh, if you're talking about um, 10 people killing 10 people, one person killing one person or a million people killing a million people, it doesn't matter. Killing people's wrong. And that's really where it's at. Um, Daryl, do you have any questions uh, for Julian?
2: yeah i didn't want to interrupt but uh you know for the people that it might not be clear enough for uh julian were you saying that basically y- you don't believe that the best use of taxpayer money would be to send uh funds to buy ammunition bombs and god knows whatever else across seas to uh you know places like possibly israel or palestine uh where you know they're they're blowing each other to hell with our you mean
1: we're we're literally backing both sides yeah. I, I definitely don't believe that, that the best use of we, we
2: couldn't be quite yeah, possibly I, involved in that.
1: I, I don't believe that the best... Uh, if you look at the amount of countries we send foreign aid to, whether it be weapons or whether it be just straight money or pallets of cash, as the talking point goes, we're backing both sides of most military conflicts in the country. I don't believe that's the best thing for us to be doing. I understand, like I said, backing our allies. However, the one there is only one politician who tried to take a different tactic in the Middle East. And that was Donald Trump. Where I disagree with the man, I disagree with the man. I don't worship him, but I liked a lot of the stuff that he did because he got closer to the goal than just about anybody else because he's willing to think outside the box. Using the economic power of the United States to trade with all the other countries in the Middle East and leave the bad actors to their own squalor, I think was a good play. I think, hey, maybe we should stop defining our entire Middle East policy on the bad actors and actually focus on the good actors and trading with them. And you know what, after your entire country shuts down because uh, you refuse to actually care about it, eventually you're going to have to start doing things differently. So let's not define the entirety of the Middle East on Pakistan and Iran trade with everybody else in the Middle East to the degree that we can. The whole uh my 80% friend is not my 20% enemy sort of Absolutely. principle where we we deal with each other to the degree that we can and we part ways where we can. I think that is the best policy where let's deal with those who are willing to deal with us at that level. And everyone else, well they can go pound sand
0: Sure. And and I, I, the thing is, your 80-20 thing is a good uh, uh, representation, because I really think that that is largely, uh, frankly, how you and I kind of see each other is, you know, um, you and I aren't always going to agree on absolutely everything. I'm never going to run for office. And um, and. You know, and if I do, I'm damn sure not going to get elected (laughs) because because if I'm running for office, I'm joking and trolling on some motherfuckers. (laughs) But um, but at the end of the day, um, you're you when we get to that 80% that you and I agree on, when we're at the, you know, what I've said multiple times that I want a free world. I want a world that is absolutely without rulers. That's where I want. But if you can meet me at the constitution, I, I can deal with that. <laughs> you know, I can, I can deal with meeting at the constitution. Unfortunately, I don't think we're ever going to get there. Uh, and it, it would
1: take something that is... It would take somebody who literally does not give a damn about re-election. For sure. I mean, you're not likely to find that because honestly, what it takes to get elected is that you lie and you cheat and you steal. And if you don't lie and cheat and steal, honestly, your election is either by overwhelming popular support where people are just like, God, I have to rock with this guy because he's the only guy like me. Or it's a fluke. Yeah. And the other guy screwed up tremendously. Normally, it's sure. a combination of the two.
0: I, I think you're right. I think you can see that in Ron Paul's sir, uh, service in Congress. Of Ron Paul. Yeah. That's and, and my because, Sure. Um, and one of the things that, that I like about you uh, personally, and, and Daryl and I were talking about this a little bit before uh, you came on. Oh, and Daryl has dropped out. Uh-oh. All right. Hopefully he comes back. Um, and I apologize for the, for the technical
1: difficulties.
0: Sure. And, um, but, um, he does seem to be dropped out. So anyway, um, one of the things that, that he and I were talking about is that I think that you are very much, um, like what I've seen from like Jeff Charles, um, Jeff on the right, great guy. Yep. And, um, and and you and he, uh, and, and largely a lot of other hoteps as well, to be frank. Um, but um, you almost, you've you said this to me directly, and I think of you often when thinking about, um, about these kinds of issues. Um, I think you and I have had a conversation, and you've often said, Marcus, you're right. And then you, you'll say, okay, something else, and you'll go off on whatever you're going to talk about. And then you'll say, Marcus, you're right. And where I find is that you and Jeff and, you know, Sonny and many of the other people, um, they're there. You Intellectually, you get what freedom means. You understand the... Um, the where you know people like myself and Chad and and uh Daryl are and Nico are coming from, you understand it, and um, so but you're not ready to say that publicly, you're not ready for that to be. Um, the guiding principle because you're still scared. You're still a little bit worried that um, what if I'm wrong and without a government, we wind up getting Hitler or we wind up getting Mao or we wind up those kinds of things. And those are legitimate arguments. But I think I'm, that I'm not necessarily scared. I'm I, I, absolutely
1: sure that's what we're going to get because every time I've looked at a revolution mm-hmm. throughout history, what comes after it is usually not what was intended. It is damn near always followed by. I mean, look at the French Revolution, guillotine for everybody.
0: Sure. Uh, when it, I look but, but Rome, also look, but also look at massacre. Right, but also look at all of the the sweeping changes because you're right. The yep. revolution in France failed, um, but the, it scared the. Sh- hit out of every european monarch in the in the area scared the hell out of them and we would not have a a world that largely is um controlled by republics or what you might call democracies if it were not for what happened in france
2: that's
0: Um,
2: very true so i'd say it's at least worth the chance Sure. And yeah. I'm going to
0: go ahead and send Jonesy wants to come in too. I'm going to go ahead and send him that link if you guys want to chat while I'm doing that. Hell uh, yeah,
1: Brother Jonesy.
0: Right. And um, yes, and definitely. Julian, if you want to, you and Hotep Daryl just talk. And um, if there's anything, uh, like I said, I'm going to send him that. It'll just take me a moment.
2: Yeah. So, uh, Julian, where are you running for Congress? Uh, what state?
1: So, I'm in New Hampshire yeah, and New Hampshire's first district so i'm in manchester area which is our biggest city
2: what and so like what what made you uh, i guess you know think that public office was going to be you know where you could be effective
1: basically i got to the point where i got so sick of what i was seeing and i i wrote i wrote strategy speech analysis, sent it to politicians, met politicians throughout the whole 2020 cycle. And I've done like speech analytics and stuff like that for years. And I realized that apparently I have a rare skill, which is to be able to understand where both sides are coming from and convey the exact same message to both sides mm-hmm. in a way that that they all understand. Where you may not agree with me, but you understand where I'm coming from. And I think that's the best place to start a conversation towards actually focusing on solutions. Because when I look at politics in general, I see us all focused on my team versus your team, political thuggery. Everyone's focused on labels. No one's focused on actually solving the damn problem. And I'm so sick of seeing people go to DC and, They basically abdicate their voting responsibility to New York or California or Texas and Florida. And I think both are wrong. Like My job is to go and represent New Hampshire. And largely, it's to protect New Hampshire from everything the federal government likes to do. Uh, And it's it's really that simple. Like, it doesn't have to be any harder than that. And I see this, this title worship where it goes, oh, well, he's a doctor. So we must listen to everything that he says and worship everything he says. I'm like, "Eh, no, because he's also wrong. He's also wrong. Being a doctor doesn't mean that you're you're great in this particular area. It means you have a highly focused skill set in a specific area. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you can take a broad view of everything in the world and be able to craft policy in a way that you're not hurting the average everyday guy Like myself, because I'm a blue collar guy. So literally everything that D.C. does hits my kitchen table and it doesn't hit it in the way of all of our millionaire politicians and people who spend an entire career prepping to go to D.C. It hits my it hits my house at a very real level. So when you create a monopoly, when the government sponsors a monopoly, because I want to be clear, monopolies don't just spring up out of the ground. They always have government help. Always. Uh, you can't point sure. to one that there just is. happened naturally without government help. So Correct. when that monopoly screws me and it hits my kitchen table, I take it very, very personally. Absolutely. And when I have my elected officials go and they decide to represent somebody else other than the constituents, I take it very, very personally. Absolutely. And I don't like it. And I got sick of it. So I decided, you know what? The Republicans in our state house just won in 2020 in sweeping numbers. We have a large Freedom Caucus or New Hampshire Liberty Alliance, which is basically libertarians running as Republican. And they've crafted some of the biggest legislation that we've had in our state, the most impactful legislation we've had in our state over the session. We just passed one of the most fiscally responsible budgets I think we've ever passed. And it's, it's about as good as it's probably going to get uh, this, obviously, this session. And over time, over the next couple of years, maybe we'll be able to compound on that. But so my duty is if we are getting good representation at the local level, I want to expand that to the federal level. And Absolutely. my job is to represent New Hampshire first.
0: Right. And that, and that's the whole idea behind uh, that kind of starts localization. I got to give a shout out to Adam Kokesh because, um, you know, three years ago, um, he was talking about localization as his as his primary focus. when it when it came to his uh, his political run for uh, president of the United States and that that idea, sure, there were people that talked about it here and there, but he really really. Um, brought it to the forefront. And um, so what what he presented to people is what's starting to really take off. I just watched a podcast with uh, Josh Smith um, with Maj Torre, and Maj was talking about localization. And the idea that we, we, the best way for us, no matter what, whether you're talking about um, direct action or direct uh, challenges to the authority, or you're talking about uh, electoral politics or whatever it is, the best way to, 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 to really get to you know some fundamental change is, is at the local level. Whether you're talking about what Adam was talking about, which is handing power back to the states, dissolving the federal government, and those kinds of things, or you're just talking about I need to get me elected to my to my local office and represent my lo- local uh, people. Because um, Sonny's right when she talks about that, you know, there definitely taking their the and when i say they i'm talking about like the the socialists whether they're republicans or democrats and um when th- their their policies come to play they they are bringing those global policies the globalist ideas down to your local level so you damn well better fight back and yeah. what what you're talking about is an, an extension of that. Many people, and I, I want to take one pause and welcome the pod father. Welcome, Jonesy. And thank you. Uh, thank, thank you. For you. Us.
3: My and, dear sweet brother Noomsi. <laughs>
0: How are we? We're good. Um, but All I want to get man. I, I want to get back to uh to this uh, this point. Um lots of people, you know, I I've played in the Libertarian Party uh bullshit. Before and did it, uh, you know, quite frankly, pretty successfully um, with Adam. And, um, you know, a lot of people would say, ah, he should run as a libertarian. And I disagree with that completely. You should run as a libertarian if you want to make a point, if you want to um, say, I am 100% about these principles. And the Libertarian Party platform is amazing. And you absolutely. If you want to do that, and you might want to make a good point about, you know, libertarian ideas, run as a libertarian, make that point. If you actually want to fucking win, run as either a Democrat or a Republican as a libertarian, um, because they, they're not—they're not going to let the libertarians win. We're talking about people that drone bomb babies. They're not going to give up just because you voted. They don't give a fuck about voting. They are going to maintain their power. And the liber- they know that at, as parties go, the Libertarian Party is the biggest challenge to that. So I, I actually think you've made the right decision in running as a as a uh, libertarian-leaning Republican, though I'm a libertarian-leaning anarchist. And, and I think that that will definitely uh, propel you in the future. Uh, before we uh, let Jonesy and uh, H- Hotep Daryl talk, um, I do want to um, talk to one specific issue. Um, what, are, what are your challenges? I looked, and it doesn't look like yet, anybody's uh, opposing you yet. I think you have a Democratic uh, House member that's serving now, correct?
1: Yes, I have a Democrat incumbent and I have – let's see. So the primary race is getting crowded. Everyone okay. is, uh, I guess, testing the waters, mm-hmm. which is really nice way of saying I want to be able to have free reign to go wherever I want and meet with whoever I want do whatever I want
4: mm-hmm.
1: uh, until I actually file. And that allows people to build a war chest before they've actually – You're correct. It also allows people to go to places like PAC conferences and meetings and stuff. they wouldn't be able to go to Mm -hmm. otherwise. I came out in January and I want to make it bluntly clear that way before redistricting likely uh, redistricting probably won't even be done until January of next year. I wanted it to be clear that I'm not choosing my voters, that my principles, my policy, everything stands clear from day one, far before I know who the hell is going to be in my district. And that that's where I stand on those issues. I have, so the guy that ran in the 2020 election, Matt Mowers, uh, Caroline Levitt, who's the full disclosure, little sister of one of the guys I played football with when I was younger, uh, family friend, uh, great individual. She worked under Kaylee McEnany in the White House. And there are six, seven, eight other people who range from state reps to state senator to random individuals who are some are opportunistic and some are just hopping in because they they think they can make a difference. And honestly, we have the whole spectrum. I've met with most of the primary candidates up here and I've made it very clear. I'm not going to go negative on anybody because that's just not my jam. That's not what I do. I care about solutions and I care about having the utmost physical liberty possible on the ticket when we go into the polls in November. And if I see anybody getting wishy and I'm willing to to pull out and take the L and let somebody else with a similar platform win that seat, if it puts liberty on the ticket and us continuing to primary each other is going to hurt that chance. Now, if I see anybody wishy-washy or wavering on their stances or their, their ability to put liberty on that ticket, I'm going to go all the way to the end. And I'm going to be a belligerent bastard all the way until the end of the election.
3: Well, you know, I wanted to say that I want to offer my services
1: if you need anyone to sling mud
3: for you. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> go ahead. If, you need, if you need anyone to sling mud, I am available to you. You know, you're my buddy. You're the man. I'm very proud of what you're doing. I don't want to cut in, but I haven't had a chance to talk to you since, you know, you you started, you know, declaring that you were going to run for office. I'm so proud of what you're doing. You know, you started podcasting, you getting out there, you were reaching out across the aisle, to different people, and you're just the kind of person that we need in local government to move up and actually be somebody that can shift this whole political spectrum, because the fact that you're willing to reach across the aisle and talk to people that are like minded, but different than you. That's the key to solving it all, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, I remember us talking about, you know, us in perfect world, we would have unicorn farts and rainbows, right? You remember we talked yeah. about that? <laughs> yeah. But you know what? There are no unicorn farts and there are definitely no rainbows right now. And We need people that are willing to work yeah. together and they're not so aligned with party lines that they don't look at logic. So I'm proud yeah, of you, man. Yeah. I just really had to say that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut in and derail the, the <laughs> interview. No, no. I'm just super no. proud of you, man. I really am.
1: Hey, thank you, brother. It, it's God, honestly God. this has been a fun ride. I don't sleep. I barely eat. Uh I work on coffee and nicotine right now to stay awake. But uh it's so bad. It, it's it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it is. It really is. That's it, what hell of a set. <laughs> yeah. But it's all good. Well, I also throw in a cop- uh, copious amounts of red meat. But it, it's listen, all that good. means
3: you're a real man, actually, to be honest with you. You're like <laughs> yeah. the John Wayne of politics.
5: <laughs> it's well, I'm probably about as I'm probably
4: about as belligerent, be too.
1: Yes, I do. Oh, well, then there you go. <laughs> yeah. listen. Oh, uh, don't forget <laughs> bourbon and cigars. That's right, listen, I put that in
3: the chat. I was like, listen, this is a man who loves bourbon, cigars and has tasted bad sports teams. Oh, 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 that's harsh
1: he, he got my vote. that's harsh well I'm just going to be fair and say we, we did get rid of Tom Brady and we got Cam Newton so shit yeah. happens yeah man <laughs> it's all good but. <laughs>
0: Uh so so again I I really think um that, that that Jonesy's absolutely right the 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 kind of you know in, in again I'm an anarchist this this is you know politics I, I play in that game only when it serves my purposes and which is generally to educate um and because I'm like I said there's no way I'll ever get uh, elected to anything because I I not lie. <laughs> and so, yeah. you know, who's going to who's going to vote for the big fat guy who's going tear it all down. We don't need nobody ruling over nobody. <laughs> you Man, know, listen, gonna vote for it, it might
3: happen, bro. I told you, listen, the ticket is yay. And Marcus Peel 2024.
0: <laughs> I'd run with Kanye. I'd Let's, run with Kanye. Yeah,
3: Let's go. go. Let's go. We have Nico out there. We have we, yo, we get me out there. We get the whole whole hotel nation behind you. It, it's, it's you know, a possibility the yeah, most sure.
1: interesting thing that i think i've found out is dave smith running for president for the libertarian ticket i'm like whoa you mean you guys are actually going to do something different you're going to get rid of the and see this is one thing that i said up it and i'm unabashed about y- y'all know i'm unabashed about where i stand on issues and when I went up to Pork Fest, because I was up at Pork Fest this weekend, had a great time. By the way, it's like uh, it's as close as I could imagine being at Woodstock. So yeah. I was I was up there, and it was a great How'd time. How'd that go? Uh, I blended in actually very well. That's my those are my people, For and sure. I, I told them I was like, "Look, man, if I can't make an impact in 2022, I'm probably going to be." I'm probably going to be over here with you guys.
4: Yeah. And
1: uh, I'm like that I'm going to be going up there all week next year nice. instead of just for a couple days. But my, what, my whole thing was it's a uh, basically, festival. yeah, libertarian festival. And it ranges all all the way from more establishment libertarians to anarch uh, full on anarchs. And it's it was a hell of a lot of fun uh like great intellectual kind of crowd right yeah
3: everybody from yeah. the adam crowd to the spike cohen crowd to the josh yeah guy. okay all right i get it
1: yeah it's a, the only people that would not have fit in very well are like the joe jorgensons of the world wow. and <laughs> that is and that's what i kept saying and that's what i said when i was up there i was like look i'm not gonna lie to you guys I think putting Joe Jorgensen on the ticket was the biggest mistake you guys ever did.
2: And they were like,
1: they're like, Joe Jorgensen wasn't that bad. I go, no, Spike Cohen should have been the top of the ticket because Spike Cohen is a real dude. He's a regular guy that can relate to people and he can have the cultural conversation and the intellectual conversation. And he's not so intellectual that he turns people off. Like when you start having an intellectual conversation, and I, I blame the right for this, too. And the, the people on the right that do this are the Ben Shapiro's and the Charlie Kirk's and the people who only want to have an intellectual discussion. Mm-hmm. These people, they get into an intellectual discussion and you notice they start to rationalize really crazy, dystopian, uh, messed up stuff. And they start to sound like Thanos, where it's like, oh, it's OK. Rip the Band-Aid off. Let everyone get screwed. It'll all work itself out. Or, yes, we can have a utopia if we annihilate half the universe. Then the re- the other half will live in abundance. And I'm like, no, that's actually really bad. Right. You know who <laughs> thought like that? Mao thought like that. Mussolini thought like that. Hitler, Jim Thiele, Goebbels, Trotsky. They all For thought sure. like that. Every dictator and mankind thinks... It's okay. Maybe if I just annihilate a few villages, everything will work out. You'll right. all get in line after I kill the rest of your family. That's horrible. We need I to gotta, stop, stop listening to intellectuals like that and start looking at real people who cares about solutions.
0: For for those people that hear that list that you put out and are like, well, yeah, but those are all just forum communists, I would add to that list people like uh, Wilson Wilson, Uh, Like Woodrow uh, Wilson, FDR, FDR, George W. Bush, I would Hamilton, yeah, I would add Hamilton, I would Alexander uh, Hamilton. It's a
3: damn good play. You wash your mouth out with soap,
0: (laughs) (laughs) but that guy was a snake. (laughs) Yes, he was. The reality is, if you compare Hamilton, sorry, Nico, go ahead. No, okay, so let me make my point. And no, came, no, no, you are the yeah, um, with with Hamilton, I do have to say, if you though I do agree of the founding fathers, if you will, he was probably the worst, one of the worst at least. Um, but if you take him and compare him to anybody else in Congress, anybody that's in Congress now except maybe Thomas Massey, <laughs> you know, and maybe Ron Rand Paul, if, if you compare him to anybody but those two dudes then he's better. (laughs) So by far, yeah, for sure. By far, because at least he
1: was intellectually consistent. My, my biggest issue with him was uh, the use of force and the use of taxation, the amount of authority (laughs) that the government was allowed to justify because his arguments are what led to the, the slippery slope. Everyone that keeps shitting on the whole slippery slope mentality, guess what? We're on the slope. The slope is not – this isn't just an idea. This has been proven Mm -hmm. to happen. In one year, we've slidden so far down the slope that now it's like Yetis are at the top of the mountain throwing snowballs at us, and they just keep hitting us. It's like watching Lucy pull the football out from Charlie Brown, and it just keeps falling on his ass repeatedly. How many times are we going to try and kick the football?
0: Sure. Nico, you were going to say (laughs) –
1: <clears throat> I was saying I was going to say uh,
5: to the uh, victor goes the spoils of war, so you can freely change however you f- want somebody to perceive it. And on top of that, uh, sure. I this just ringing bells is the intellectuals of today. I'm not going to say that they're not intellectuals, but the way that they provide their intelligence to other people is um, how do you put it? It's more so like. It's corrupted as demeaning? fuck. Demeaning? <laughs> like, most of the most... Of the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That work too. That demeanor factor most definitely will get somebody smacked. But, like, it's, it's the way that they say... Yeah, it's demeaning. Whereas, like, what you say, you can't prove it to me. I have a piece of paper that shows that I went to college or some form of like that. And my rhetoric and my uh, history shows me to be right. And it's like trying to yep. talk somebody in that fill the realm you have to tiptoe around landmines unless you got your own landmines of your own you will see intellectuals
3: it's, that intellectuals that use their supposed intellectual currency to enforce their ideals on others aren't really intellectuals
1: correct no they're, they're, they're
3: just mm-hmm. they they're just very good at manipulating the situation you know yeah. information is very subjective True. You know we you know we can sit up here. What's it called like a, like a Rorschach test, right? We can look at the same ink blot, and I can see a butterfly, and Nico can see, you know, a pinwheel, and Marcus can see a rabbit, and Julian can see, you know, the sun. So when it comes to these supposed facts, when it comes to politics, there are no real facts. It's all just a, a, a way to use numbers and facts and figures to pervert. What's really going on, and 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 I just believe in today's politics. When you name everybody in Congress and all of these people in the past, we have to be honest with ourselves as Americans. The people that are in power are not trying to solve the problem. America has never solved one problem ever.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: America hasn't yeah. solved one problem with with. We just kick the bucket down the road. Oh, we don't even kick the bucket down the road. We actually thrive off of the problem. For sure. Yeah. We thrive off the problem. Like, when as Americans are we going to realize that the problem is actually the currency for the nation? Yeah. You know, you you have a war on drugs. What if they made more money off of than the supposed war on drugs? We go over to the Middle East and we're over there to, to bring peace, and we bring more war and more weapons, and we make more money off of this shit. We have COVID nineteen. They just destroyed probably seventy percent of small business owners in one fell swoop. And guess who made more money than anybody during the supposed pandemic? Walmart, Home Depot, Target, all the hugest corporations. Mm-hmm. They made record profits and they're not going to stop. And what they've done is they've been able to effectively slice their workforce by a quarter because some of those buildings that they had open, you needed people to work the the, the lunchroom. You needed custodians. You needed the guy to service, the HVAC unit. You don't have to do that anymore without a brick and mortar building. That's gone yeah. now. So yep. what they've effectively done is they've totally paradigm shifted our economy within 11 months.
1: For sure. Uh, that's not even the crux of it. That's not even scratching the surface. The, the real issue that we have here. And I, I decided to put off that, that book I said I was gonna write on the rise of the second amendment and the black community. Yeah, And I'm gonna do one call about talking points. As it want to be called the talking about uh, talking out of both sides of your mouth. I've been known to because do that. both parties do this. And it's exactly what you just said, Jonesy, where they take they take a stat and they leave out everything that contributes into that stack, that staff where they cherry pick something and they leave out all the nuances of reality and they leave out the data. What, what defines that stat? What, what, was the, what were the metrics that were used? What was the actual study that was done? How did you even ask the question? Yeah. And of course, everyone bastardizes history. The, the, and the, the, history the to is... me is very simple. You take everything that happened in a single moment that you're describing, and then you convey that. Anything else perception opinion all that anything else is bull it's you trying to attach your own your own bias onto a situation whereas i say give it all everything from every every angle that was happening and it would take a lifetime just to study world war ii
0: for sure yeah but you gotta ask the
3: intention though you gotta ask the intention behind all these numbers all these facts all these figures all these talking points it's confirmation bias the 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 infra the, see the thing that we never look at is is what is the true intention of the powers that be. No one control. ever spends any time on that, and that's and Power. that's the and see and that is the crux of all of this. We we yep. sit up here, we have all of these think tanks, we run for office, we do the best we can in our community, we try to affect change the best we all know how, right? Mm. But what we gotta understand is is that we are fighting an unwinnable war because. The people that are above us are not just the system is not just it's not just it's not meant to be just. And we need to be honest with ourselves. That's the main message that I mean, I don't I don't care who wins and I don't care what party you run for. I want somebody that is going to actually address the fact that the system is beyond corrupt. And, and it needs to change. And whoever can do that, and if it's you, Julian, if it's if it's if it's Joe Jorgensen, I know she's like the Diet Coke version of an anarchist and a libertarian. But shit, if, she's if, like if the it, Diet Coke it.
1: version of me. <laughs> I'm so? not I even pro anarchist I or libertarian. Weird. She's like the Diet Coke version of me. Anyone that tries to take, all right, it let might me be more like let culture. me be let me be angry, angry black man for a moment because this aggravated the shit out of me. What level of intellectual laziness does it take to be an isolationist and open borders at the same time? <laughs> See, you can have a military and a government and define borders and enough to be isolationists and protect, the, protect that. Or you can be open borders with no government and completely anarchists. But you can't have both. If you have borders and you're an isolationist, to be an isolationist, you have to actually have a military. You have to fund that military. You have to train that military. You have to have defined borders, and you have to be able to protect those borders. If you're open borders, you have to have – you. it takes nothing. You might as well get rid of the government because it's going to collapse anyways. You can't have a welfare state. You can't have any of that. So the intellectual laziness of I want to hold both positions at the same time is bullshit. It's bullshit. It aggravates the shit out of me. And it's because you have Uber people from the right that feel no longer placed on the right. They came into the libertarian movement and you have Uber people on the left that are that are anarchists and they came into libertarian movement. When in reality, the libertarian movement was supposed to be the most limited version of government you could possibly have in an operable society. Well, but I, now I they're advocating for both no government and maximum government at the same time. And I'm like, did, did you guys even bother to think this out? Or did you just right. think because this woman has seven PhDs that she knows what the hell she's talking about? Anybody that lives in reality or has been outside the country knows damn well the rest of the world is not libertarian. That's why I say libertarian policy works as domestic policy. Because as soon as you walk outside the U.S. borders, guess what? We have not just enemies of our own making, which we have a lot of those, because we we stick our noses in everybody else's shit. We have a lot of enemies. We we have, I, I'd say three enemies, legitimate enemies. We have before Iran, you get
0: into that, before you get into that, for sure. Before you get into that, I do need to point out something. Although I agree with you, um, with uh, Judge Organson, that she is absolutely, I, I i didn't vote for her, could not even bring myself to the poll because none of these people mattered to me. Um, so at the end of the day, I don't like any of those either. But I Which do got to her-
1: say, I, I respect that
0: yeah and i i do have to to say there is another way and i'll get back to joe jorgensen but so because i have to make a couple points one of those is Adam proposed a, a solution that stands in the face of what you're talking about. Um, most of the time you are correct when you when you say it comes back to the Milton Friedman quote: you can't have a welfare state and a and open borders at the same time. And most people attack the open border side and ignore the welfare state portion. Uh-oh.
5: Oh no. So we like <laughs>
0: So, heaven's no, heaven's the Mercatroid. So I guess we'll, we'll wait for Julian to come back in, and then I'll make my point. You know, I want to play Rock, Paper, Scissors. Right,
3: right. Well, I'm actually doing that right now. I'm actually drawing a plane.
0: Nice. <laughs> but, uh, all right, he's coming <laughs> back <sick>. in. <laughs> <laughs> my bad. <I'll> <laughs> I went to go adjust
1: the camera, and then immediately it just was like, no, you, you're not allowed to do that. Damn fascist cell phones.
0: <laughs> so back to my point, um, The what basically happened, what Adam's proposal was that kind of stands against what you were talking about is, yeah. again, uh, comes back to localization. Um this country was not founded as a constitutional republic. That is not right. the case. The, the case was it was founded as uh, a confederation of states. It was uh, formed as under the Articles of Confederation where these the what would be the states uh, that were united um, kind of worked out where they'd kind of ha- help each other out. They'd, they'd defend each other if they were attacked, those kinds of things. At the end of the day, what Adam's proposal was, was that we take our military, which is the, by far, you can take all of the other nine of the top 10 funded uh, militaries in the world, and it does not equal what us, the number one, and I shouldn't say us, the the United States um, is, does not equal it. And you divide that because part of the pro- process was to take the military that we have that is enormous. First of all, bring them home and give all of that material and 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 also ammunition and men to each of the fifty states, and uh, and each of those fifty states would be in charge of uh, defending themselves. And because you have apportioned it, and of course you're not going to give like a, a big destroyer or an aircraft carrier to Indiana because it's a landlocked, they get the state or they get the tanks and, and, you know, you'd apportion it the correct way. So in that situation, in, in that world, if Adam had won, um, which obviously he did not, he didn't even win the libertarian nomination, but had he won, it'd be really hard for any country to try to attack the United States or to invade the United States from any country, because one, you wouldn't have a, a, a firearm behind every tree, you'd have a tank, you'd have aircraft carriers, you'd have all of that behind every, every well, tree and every blade of grass. Technically,
1: to make, that's how we're already set up.
0: That's how we're supposed I mean, to look, be set up. But I, that, I, I mean,
1: technically, militarily, that's how we're already set up.
0: I mean, but
1: each to, state we, has their what, own Marine Corps reserve, their own National Guard, sure. Air Reserve, Navy Reserve. You're I right. mean, we literally have each state In lieu of their old militias, which we used to have, Mm -hmm. we have our own National Guard. And while I don't like the militia to the National Guard because it's not a militia is you grab your gun. I grab my gun and Mm -hmm. we go to kick ass. It's time to do freedom shit. Um, Now, with the National Guard, the issue is. Now, I want to draw a line here.
0: Before you get into that the the
1: officers in the National Guard, they take their orders from the state and the federal Mm -hmm. government. However, the enlisted members, most of them are statesmen. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: Most of them are statesmen. If you were and they've they've asked us many, many times whether we'd turn guns on, we'd forcibly confiscate guns and so on and so forth, put down riots and shit, little surveys. And almost to, the, almost to the man, the enlisted men say, hell no. Right. You'll never convince a Texan that they're not a Texan first. Correct. Here. Right. And yeah. in New Hampshire, we're the same way. We're the Texas of the Northeast. We're New Hampshire boys first. And up right. here, you will find a gun behind every – you might find some other shit behind trees if you try to come <laughs> up here. Right. I mean, let, let's be honest. Uh, the ATF does not know everything.
0: For sure, hey, hey, man! uh, I'll make my point, my final point in a moment, but I just have to add this. I live in Indiana, where there is a major naval base. Put that together, (laughs) which is the dumbest governmental bullshit ever. But at that naval base, oh, wait a minute! Isn't it a naval weapons base, right? Yeah, it is a naval naval weapons base. Correct. It's called. Uh, Oh yeah,
1: you guys, you guys do uh, cruise missiles.
0: You're right. They lost a Stinger missile. Lost it. Middle of Indiana, lost. It's awesome. Yeah, it's
5: not lost. That was taken. That was stolen. Yeah,
0: right. Oh, I know. No. There's a hillbilly with that shit in his garage.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah! <Yee-haw>!
0: Oh. <laughs> right, but <laughs> you little Mississippi leg hound boy. Right.
1: It's, it's <laughs> not. True? It's not supposed to be funny, but it is. <laughs> right.
0: Trying <Come laughs> <laughs> <me>, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. That Dan is exactly Thomas. So.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Damn,
1: Damn. China's coming over here trying to take everything. I've got something for
0: you, <laughs> right? Exactly. But uh, back to my point with uh, Joe Jorgensen. One of the things I have to point out, and you know, uh, you know, yes, um, you know, Adam and I are friends, and yes, if he runs again, I will support him. But yep. um, at the end of the day, what we got the last time around, I, I was a delegate, and so was Chad to the okay. Libertarian Convention. Adam lost, he made it into final running. Yeah. He was, he was, he was not elected. I think he got fourth in the first, um, the first ballot, he may have been fifth, fourth or fifth, but he got on the, the he was on the primary voting really tablet. And that's huge because he was talking about, you know, completely getting rid of the federal government about dissolving the federal government and he managed to get enough support to be one of the final contenders so that's big that's huge yeah it is and what he laid the groundwork for is for dave smith is for uh is for spike cohen is the next libertarian candidate damn well better be libertarian and i'm not talking barely libertarian I'm talking they damn well better be libertarian or they will not get elected. And that's huge. So one of the things that's happening is the paradigm that you're talking about within the libertarian party is changing. And I hope that at some point, although I still back down and say, I don't think that these assholes who bomb children are going to let them take over anything because just because people voted, but um, but they will at least be able to make a bit of ruckus.
1: I think we spoke about this before, and I got a plan for you. And it's the one thing most libertarians are not willing to do, and it's the same problem that Republicans have. And it's employ a long-term strategy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Intellectual purity ar- arguments fall short with the majority of people because most people are not intellectually pure. Sure. Most people have never. Most adults have not read the Constitution in their adult life. For sure. What? Let alone question. within the past five pure, years. Though. What makes you intellectual, well, I mean, intellectual pure? pure when you when you take a when you take an idea, you take a principle and you follow it to its mo, to its farthest reaching conclusion. You can do so that with a comic take, book. Yes, you can.
3: So what, how, that doesn't make you intellectually
1: pure. That That's the problem. That's exactly the problem is it basically leads you to fantasy. It leads you out of the realm of reality of what can actually happen Bert, and leads you to a point where now you're starting to talk about things that will never, ever happen because most people do not live there. As a matter of fact, you'll find maybe one percent of the population that is willing to even entertain that fantasy land. You end up in a point where you're screaming into the wind and everyone else is looking at you like you're crazy. That kind of sounds like what happens when you run for office. Sounds like the ah, same doesn't thing. it doesn't it? Doesn't it though? So, like, dude, like, yeah, let's, basically, let's, let's what be I'm saying real. is, what I'm saying is, Dave Smith and Spike Cohen are the best shot the Libertarian Party is likely to have for an entire generation. I've they and it's it's surely well, uh, I, I'm going to make my case for a minute, uh, and it's surely for one reason. Both men understand how to make a case, and they they understand how to take incremental wins long term. Now, what I was explaining to the Mises Caucus earlier, I mean, this past weekend, and all the people that I met, was the best, one of the most effective things that you guys could do, or the Libertarians could do, is to infiltrate the Republican Party and run a whole bunch of Libertarians as Republicans, and then break off right before being sworn in. Oh, the Tea Party. You have, it's not yes, work. now you have your, no, it's not going to work. It's not going to work because you, have, you. The tea, well, the Tea Party didn't work for multiple reasons. Mostly, they allowed a whole bunch of people who weren't actually uh, Tea Partiers to run under the Tea Party. That was kind of an issue. But their, their, their method was never to break off, whereas libertarians are actual, most people that run as libertarians are actually libertarians. Yeah, I mean, if you got the balls to run as a libertarian... Power absolute power corrupts absolutely. If you get people that are entrenched
3: in in this shit and they start seeing the money and they start seeing the power and they start feeling like, you know, their their personal beliefs are what's going to shape and change the world, then they're going to get corrupted too, man. I, I just And then I, they're I, never
1: going to want to leave.
3: Yeah, but so so but, but getting back to your point, you know, not not the not to cut in, but you know, we we only got another, you know, 30 40 minutes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> my my thing is is this everybody says that you know what they're they're doing and how they're running is more viable and it's realistic but all of this is really not realistic because you it's hard to get people to actually do their job when they're human beings and they can be corrupted they could be corrupted with money they could be corrupted with influence they could be corrupted with a lot of different things and no matter who you are the further you go up the ladder the bigger the corruption gets. So the Absolutely. only solution is to let's land this plane, right? You can't see the plane? Oh, yes. Let's land this plane and let's burn it down, damn it. I'm an anarchist now. The indoctrination chamber hasn't happened, but I am an anarchist, and I want to be announcing that right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's
4: right. Right. I already knew.
0: You know
5: what? That actually um, uh,
0: uh, that reminds me
2: of I'm, the I'm not- point that Michael Malice had said. Uh, that those who need leaders aren't qualified to choose them. No
4: Absolutely, Daryl,
0: you're completely, completely right. No, Absolutely,
2: no the best majority of America who's
5: so open for their leadership to take over and say save us from whatever is happening, and the fact that you know most Americans are ignorant not to just their own rights and things of that nature, but to the outside world. Like you can ask majority of americans who aren't cultured so like people who aren't immigrants granted we're all immigrants but like the people who've been in america for generations to generations they don't know shit about other places unless it's placed in the news like their perception is only in american values and things of how they see it their perception of like another place's government You know, oh, well, you know, they they might be a little crueler and they might have certain laws for their women, but I would assume they're the same when it's actually not, you know. And so this whole idea of personal freedom and being an anarchist resides in everywhere. So it's not necessarily the personal area. Granted, the cultural influence might add a little spice to it. But at the end of the day, we all perceive freedom to being what freedom truly is yeah
2: you know the thing yeah, about in, that uh, is it uh it, it amazes me because it seems that we've somehow built in our culture that let's be more concerned about the freedoms of you know everywhere else as opposed to the you know fact that the government's bending us over backwards and and dancing in front true. of our bases and, and, and it's right underneath our nose but true. you know but yes we're more concerned with everywhere else
1: True. That is exactly the problem. That's why that's why I say I'm a nationalist when it comes to foreign policy. Because I don't understand why we send people to DC to care about everywhere else. You notice the 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 greatest argument anyone in the Republican Party has had is why why does everyone else in the world get special rights? Why why are we taxing American citizens? And we're justifying giving money to other people. Why are we giving money to China as if they're a third world country? Aren't <laughs> they? they didn't up. they just declare? Yeah, they just declared people's war on on the United States in 2019. Or did everybody forget about that? They just they just declared unrestricted warfare on the United States in 2019, America overtly, publicly. Spans. The world. Yeah, well, they did. Spans. They they deployed so we
0: literally we're
1: literally taking we're literally taking American money. American we're taxing American citizens against their will and we're sending that money to a country wants to kick our ass and then we're doing it to Iran and we're doing it to Pakistan and North Korea we fund both sides of each war we fund more countries than there are countries in the world this is my problem I'm like it should not be hard to think of Americans first all right if that's the only thing that you get right in D.C., think of Americans first. Hell, that sets you above 90 percent of politicians that go to D.C. It, right it there. Just on that one you, thing. It depends on who's paying you.
3: Well, you know, this is
1: why I'm this is why I'm running. I, I literally my goal is to go to D.C., show what you should have in a representative, drop the mic and walk away. Kind of like an action hero walking away from an explosion mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. So you will be the well, sexual frankly, chocolate of, of,
3: of, of you'll be the sexual chocolate
5: of Washington. I'll even sing for them too. <laughs>
2: right. Here's well, the
5: thing, Jonesy pointed out earlier that power absolute power corrupts hands down. Right. I'm yes, not saying that you specifically you win and you get corrupted, but I feel as if and it goes to a point of community and you know society, but I feel as if one person running for an office, I don't like. Power can corrupt power, so it's like multiple people with the same mindset still running. They're still individuals. We've already talked about or seen the movie and how ants, multiple ants, defeat one locust, and we're all the ants, and we've all been the ants in this movie. Sure. So it's like my my I stumble upon this like. How the hell does one person, with his little uh, coalition of people behind him, defeat the absolute power?
1: You know how? So it's like I said earlier. I have, My gift is being able to talk to anybody, anywhere, both sides of the aisle. And you may not necessarily agree with me, but you understand exactly where I'm coming from. I can utter the exact same principles that I stand for, regardless of who I'm standing in front of. And they understand sheerly because I use their language to convey it because I'm not so ignorant to think that everybody thinks exactly like me. I understand everyone got, has got their own culture, both eth- ethnically, regionally, racially. It doesn't matter. We all listen to different music. We come from different backgrounds, whatever. I understand by listening to people where they're coming from and I use their language to convey the exact same message. So if my message is liberty and freedom, which is what we're really talking about, we have failed to market liberty. Now, think of how pathetic that is, yeah. that we cannot market liberty when people literally come from around the world to die to make it here for liberty. And then they get here and they find out that they don't really have it. Now, granted, on the sliding scale of liberty, we're far better than the majority of the damn world. Twenty-one. That's still I a think. sliding scale.
0: Yeah, we're like twenty-first, seventeenth, something like that.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, and we're not moving in the right direction, unfortunately. Correct. Um, you know, but and, at the but end of the day, thing is you're right. The message. Marketing you're right. matters.
0: Yeah, and you're right. Marketing does matter, and we can learn. You know, we've talked about that, That you know, we need to be coming up with solutions. And that's absolutely true. Um, All of the people, all the five people here, and when Chad gets here, the six people here, and most of the people in the chat, all these people, we're all about offering solutions. I understand that, but there were people before us that offered solutions and they offered solutions to these very problems The the you know, everybody knows for the most part, who studied any kind of libertarian idea, who Murray Rothbard is and what yep. he advocate, what he advocated for, you can look to him for some advice and what he advocated. And these are my words, but they're based on Rothbard. He uh, advised that you uh, speak radically and act pragmatically you tell the people what what you are who you are if you believe that taxation is theft you say taxation is theft, and then you act pragmatically, which means if, yes. as a congressman, you can reduce taxes by 0.1%, do it. Sure, yes. it, it is only 0.1%, but that is the direction that you are going for. And let's be clear do you know where, uh, just take a wild guess, where Rothbard learned this strategy?
1: I don't know where he learned the strategy,
0: he learned it from I do the remember. communists. He learned it because they've been doing this for a hundred years. They have been putting us towards socialism for a hundred years and they speak, they tell you right out to your face exactly what they believe. They tell you that they do not believe in private property. They do not believe that individuals make choices, that it is about the group. It is about the state. They tell you that. And then they take, just a little bit of more taxation, just a little bit of their political agenda every time a Republican or a Democrat gets into office. They move that needle just a little bit closer to socialism. And I will agree with you that Trump was better than many presidents we've had in the past hundred years. That is for sure. The competition is not that good.
3: (laughs) 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 We're we're already there with communism. Like what's the difference between you paying your house off and having to pay property taxes on it forever more. They can take it on the tax lien. It's the same shit, man. It's just. I, I, I don't think we uh, technically
1: we're dealing with fascism.
3: Yeah. Well, the potato, potato potato, various right? shades, right. various shades of Marxism, potato, potato. Right. But the thing is, is that, you know, we sit here and we talk about taxation and stuff. Right. But the thing that I think that misses the mark when it comes to people in, in this level of society, like such yourself, such yourself, all of us here, people who are poor and don't own shit, make up most of this country. Sure. So taxation and the, the business of America is a foreign concept because if you don't own anything, you're not really thinking about taxation on a, on a daily that's basis correct. because you're just going to the store and buying a beer and you're paying your little fucking seven cent and it's okay, whatever. That's the price. Mm-hmm. It doesn't hit home until you own things. Correct. And, I th- I, and I think that is the reason why there's not as much outrage because you have so many people in this country who start off in, in a social standing such as like how it is in a communist country and they're never able to rise above their circumstances. The only difference between America is is that you get to pursue happiness. In other countries you just don't get to pursue happiness. You rarely get there, but at least you get to pursue it. Now, I'm happy now being on on the air with my brother Marcus. I I, I got it. But I'm sorry. Guys. Right on. <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm going right. to take the
1: I'm going to take the opposite position for a minute as usual. Yep, In in, in the United States You do get to pursue happiness But we also got to look at You have people who are born with wealth And second generation You have people who make wealth And they rise as high as they want to You got a rich mindset You got a rich mindset And you'll build wealth no matter what people put in front of you There are are those people who are beyond the pale Well I, I say there are those people Who are beyond the pale And they're beyond the pale for a reason it's because they act mm-hmm. differently, they think differently, they do things differently.
3: They were given but things differently, too. Come
1: there on. is also, yes, there are also a lot of people who are given things differently. But then you look at second generation wealthy people. What do they commonly do? You say they, they mess it all up?
3: Well, see, wealth and, and wealth is subjective, man, because you have people well, that come from what, the, five the, or six yeah. generations.
1: But there's the fiat, though, the fiat is where you taught how to keep that wealth, where you taught how to grow that wealth, where you taught how it was built. See, it's kind of like, if I teach my son, if I teach my son a lesson, if my son embodies that lesson, then it is going to compound with him and his kids, hopefully, if he continues the tradition. If I teach my son a lesson and he throws it out the window, it's like, nah, dad, I like smoking weed, smoking crack. You see, true wealth is a contingent on one
3: person from the next generation. Like, like, no. Like the Rothschilds, the, it, it's it's a corporation, bro. Like one person could be a fucker, but that's not going to sink that family. What? What? Right. You're right. The, the, so they built that, a network of wealth. Yeah, they are the, the living embodied, They're a living embodiment of wealth and the monarchy, and you know everything. So we're not going to talk. As a matter of fact, they're, they're we can't one, even right? quantify their wealth. Yes, but we I'm saying is there? It. There, there are certain families in this country who are built that way. And there are co- yeah. families that live next to you and I, right? We live in the northeast that are that way. You can have one screw up son. That, you're gonna have that one screw up kid. If you have yeah. if you have eight or nine kids, one of them's gonna be a fuck up. Let's just be for one real here, of, right? It's
2: gonna be a hunter biden.
3: Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs>
2: you can beat me to you know, it, Daryl. And, and,
3: and, and Hunter <laughs> Biden, Hunter Biden is actually a legend. I knew
1: it. I knew he, it. I he know it. I can't, is I can't even. I can't even with y'all. I knew one of y'all was going to do it, too. <laughs> I Listen,
2: he no, man that
3: to a line off of three strippers I and mean, uh, one.
2: <laughs> Parmesan cheese out of the uh, the hotel floor.
3: That's, That's right. Sure. He's a fucking legend, Daryl. Come on, man.
6: <laughs>
2: legend. <laughs> man, Andy's going to get away with it. <laughs> yeah, man. That's not even the height of it. I mean, the fact that he can uh, fill out, uh, I guess, what, what's that ETF form? I think it's, uh, I'm probably butchering it, but basically you have to fill it out when you do a background check for a, uh, for a firearm. And of course, you know, it asks you pretty clearly, uh, have you uh, been addicted to, you know, basically using illegal substances? And of course, you know, he writes a fucking book Claiming that, you know, he's obviously smoking Parmesan cheese out of the hotel floor and, you know, and is doing, you know, all types of, you know, substances off the backs of, you know, low-wage strippers. And, and you know, he oh, can get away with it. do oh, you know your they average? were
3: low-wage strippers? They are the finest strippers that money has to buy. I interviewed one of them. She's a I, fine person. <laughs> did you really? Yes, I did.
2: Wow. Well, yes, I did. I, you need to check. I mean, I'm not an expert on, on the wages of strippers, so I'll have to, you know, take back my statement. <laughs> but, wait, wait, woman. wait, wait.
1: You interviewed one of Hunter Biden's strippers? Yes, I I'm did. I'm sure she
2: works really How, hard.
3: Yes, How did I, did I did. not
1: hear about this? Well, because, I, listen, hard. sometimes you I guys see it.
3: greatness in your face and you miss it. Her name was Leanne Starr. Check out the interview. It's actually excellent. Not to, not to do a shameless plug on my show.
0: Oh, dude, you're... Leanne, uh, Star? Leanne Starr? Leanne
3: Starr. Leanne Starr i have i have oh. I, I have the i have the clip when she talked about when when she you know i have it i didn't show it because i didn't want to get her in any trouble and then you know they've banned her twitter and you know i hope she comes back she's i, I didn't realize person. it i didn't realize it was her yes listen the pod father knows all and i will <laughs> tell you one thing she is a high class stripper and she's a good person damn it you wash your mouth, that was so potep Daryl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got to repent for myself. She's a nice lady. She Shoot is a nice woman.
2: lady.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but...
2: But, you know, Hold I'm pretty up, sure but... she's not available 24-7. So at some point in time while he's, you know, spinning the, the big bag, I'm sure, it, you know, it, it went accordingly to whoever. But, you know, I, I was more speak to uh, give myself some credit. I was more speaking of the <laughs> ones who uh, do clean up on Sundays. I, I, I get you. I get you.
3: I get you. Like Itchy
1: the stripper
2: Honestly,
3: from Zed, San Diego. <laughs> but... <laughs>
1: what, I,
2: what I was about
1: to say is that what it requires to build that sort of wealth that you can't squander in a single generation is damn near inhuman. Yeah. It is damn near inhuman. I mean, let, let me just rewind. It, my most successful point, I was not sleeping. I was barely, I was literally eating just to keep running. It was nicotine and just all go. No quit. But in every, and it would have taken me to take literally every single opportunity that came my way. To never turn down an opportunity never turn down an hour of work, never substitute anything convenient for anything else. And I was rising fast, as fast as I could possibly imagine. And even then, I still took naps. I still didn't go to things. I still, I missed out on opportunities just to be able to take the opportunities that I had. It is damn near inhuman to acquire that sort of wealth. So I'm not I'm not going to dismiss it and say that everyone can do that. The reality is that no, everyone can't not even the, not even the above average person can be Jeff Bezos. Correct. To amass that kind I, of wealth, you have
3: to be inhuman, though. You have to do inhuman yeah. things to others like the robber. Have have the Why were they call the robber barons? Yeah, that's the government behind you. Definitely. But why were the robber barons the robber barons? It wasn't like Vanderbilt went and was the most competitive and he was the smartest in the railroad business. They went and they killed other railroad companies and they took over. And, you know, like mm-hmm. it wasn't like Andrew Carnegie was the saint. So let's 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 we got to temper oh, yeah. what it takes to 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 get that kind of wealth. You have to be these a these people were no effort.
1: These people were not definitely not saints. And I think that's one of these things that we need to. Like, I know in the liberty movement, we like to we like to hold up these people who accomplish greatness as the example of, hey, look, see, everybody can do it. Just pull yourself up by the bootstrap. Stop sucking at life. But the reality is not everyone can. Mm-hmm. Sure. That's not reality. My reality, my idea of wealth is to be able to provide for my family, be able to live a comfortable life, and to be able to hand a better world to my son than I took. That's it. My, that's my idea of what. How's well, that going for you? To be able to die with a smile on my face.
0: Oh my god. At the well, end of the day, how how's that, that going? Uh,
1: because let me, let, I'm
0: looking at a world. I would love. to be honest. Would love I'm, to get back to the '80s. Would love it.
1: I'm going to. I'm going to be honest from you. You were a god in the '80s. 80s. From, from my 80s. perspective, from my perspective, in 2011, when I was medically retired, I was an alcoholic. I lived in a garage with my wife and my newborn son. I could not get a job after my entire world was shattered when I could no longer be a marine. I could not get a job in Southern California. No one wanted to hire me. Everyone assumed that we all had PTSD and we were a danger to the workplace. Right. You could see it when people look at you in their face and they see that you have a military record and they're just sort of like, oh. Then I got sick of being, of living useless and being useless so being I went to school then I said yeah basically being a victim so I got sick of it and I started going to school then I started working then eventually I, I kept moving up the ladder no matter where I went I kept kicking ass then finally I got a chance to move back to New Hampshire when I moved back to New Hampshire I worked my ass off I made it a condition of my of my work of being hired that you had to offer me any. Any overtime at the beginning of my shift and the end of my shift. So Hmm. it all had to go to me first. You had to offer it to me first. I did the same thing when I was out in California. All right, cool. Yeah, I'll work here. But you have to offer me all the overtime, bit. I'm like, you have a problem filling overtime? Yeah, I'm like, you you got a problem filling overtime? Cool. I want that overtime. All, All of it has to be offered to me first. And I got okay. We have a problem filling the overtime. Why wouldn't I offer it to you? And I was able to rise fast as hell. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't pretend as if people can't be successful, but my, my point is when I moved back home between 2007, I'm sorry, 2011 and 2018, I bought multiple cars. I went from absolute destitution and at the lowest point in my life, to buying multiple cars, I own a house, I still have multiple cars. I'm selling my 56 Plymouth cuz I have no time to work on it anymore. But now I'm running for Congress. There yeah. is no limit when I refuse to let you limit me. For I sure. mean, I'll be damned if somebody stands in front of me and tells me I cannot be successful. You might get jaw you might get to jaw checked before before I step over your body. To go be successful, you are a very side, violent anarchist. You are very violent. <laughs> You're
0: <not> an anarchist. <laughs> yeah, well, no, we're
1: trying to indoctrinate him here.
0: Marcus, I know, I know, on. I know. But,
1: <laughs> but now, let me be clear, though. Let me be clear, though. Um, my goal, like I said, my goal in going to DC is to be able to come home. So far, I already handed a better life to my son than the one I had. Mm-hmm. So far, I've accomplished far more than I ever had. My son is probably gonna watch this tomorrow. And he watches all my podcasts, watches all my interviews, all my conversations, and, and I, I don't shield him the from cursing. the world around him. Oh no, He hears far worse from me. <laughs> but <laughs> and, and, and I and I and I
3: want you to thank me for mentioning strippers too. You might like that one day. Sorry.
1: Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I should let a, I should have him hold off on on watching this. Clip. But uh, no, uh, no, I, no, I can't. I can't, kidding, I can't have I can't. him asking for. I can't have him asking for a stripper at his tenth birthday. Oh my god, he's only i uh, I'm
3: sorry, kid. Listen, strippers are ice cream.
1: <laughs> strippers are ice cream.
3: Ice cream is delicious.
1: For sure. a, well, I mean, so <laughs> thanks, thanks to the current state of schools and education, I've already had to explain, uh, let's see, homosexuality, cross-dressing, transgenderism, and just about everything else under the sun, including why uh, math is racist.
2: How lucky are we?
1: Right. Yeah, no kidding.
5: Wait, uh, can we, um, the,
2: yeah, can you go over why math is racist? <laughs> uh, I mean, come on, it's it's pretty simple, you know. I mean, yeah,
5: more the more. division and all that, but like,
1: according to uh, according to friggin' schools, I, I think it was Baltimore. I mean, it might have been Baltimore that basically said because black people are not do not score well at math. That math is inherently racist, and I was like, so they wanted to stop teaching college prep courses in math. Uh, specifically yep. calculus. And I was like, um yep. Does two plus two not equal four if you're black? I, I thought it did. Thought it I've
0: like never 4. heard 5. calculus
3: call me the N-word.
1: Calculus <laughs> no is okay shit. with me.
0: <laughs> right. I've <laughs> never I've never
1: heard an engineer call me the N-word.
0: Right. I
1: have, yeah. like, I don't, I don't even know where where people are coming up with this shit now. Now it's like, like I made a joke. I, I know someone's going to take it out of context because somebody asked me, like, why, why are they called the White Mountains? So I'm like, obviously because it's white supremacy,
4: right?
3: Boom!
1: <laughs> like, that's a that's, that's such a dad joke right there.
4: Boo! Right,
3: boo this
1: right. man. <laughs>
3: <It's>, <laughs> I mean, it's, as, as I, soon as
1: is the first thing that came to my head as soon as somebody was like. They're like, oh, why do they call it the White Mounds? Obviously, it's white supremacy. Everything's racist. It, must, t- it must be a vestige of uh, George Washington, who apparently owned slaves.
0: Well, the, as our token white person for the evening, I <laughs> in oh yeah, you Jeff, are outnumbered today. <laughs> I know I'm the token white. Yeah, you wiker. are outnumbered today. I don't feel too good, doesn't Marcus? <laughs> I, I know you would think I fit that's in. Right, Black dudes,
1: man, it's weird. <laughs> I want to feel superior for a moment. Let's start right. a basketball game right, right. now.
0: As oh, right, exactly. Right, My fat ass couldn't do nothing, but. Uh, <laughs> But but seriously, as the token white person, you know, if it were me, this, this is the the racist thing. If it were me and somebody was saying, you know, we got to, we got to, you know, all these white people, they can't do math. So um, we got to make it easier. I'd be like, bitch. Who the hell do you think you are saying that my entire race is incapable of, of, of doing this? And and these people over here who at least will admit the racism are the problem that you saying that, that black people in mass cannot do math, that's fucking retarded. If black people are statistically, and and I will argue that statistics are fucked up anyway, but those people would take a moment to look at the environments that have been placed on people of African descent in this country. They will see that there is a definite difference. And I bet if you take an apples-to-apples comparison, because let's be clear, most people in in that are uh, uh that are black in this country do not live in rural indiana they just don't where where okay. um you know uh, most of the because black people are a minority so they're going to obviously be in bigger numbers in large cities that makes fucking sense because you know if they're only i think uh like 13% 17% of oh, the population 13, obviously when yeah. It, when when um when you you're talking about a population that's divided out to beat all hell like it is in southern Indiana, there's not going to be a whole lot of black folks in there. There might be one or two, but a whole th- lot but in you Gary, put- Indiana. Right. But you put them in a big metropolitan area like Gary, where they don't have good education. They don't have good schools. You might just come up with a different kind of uh, result from that. You so, might come
3: up with Michael Jackson, too.
0: You could idea. come out with What's Michael Jackson. That's for sure. <laughs> All the right people to the
1: can, I, can I just say we'll that, that is one have. of the that is one of the biggest things that the liberty movement misses out on. And I'm, I'm going to be a Republican for just a, a short fucking mm-hmm. two minutes here. <laughs> um, we we like to retort that systemic racism isn't real when the left claims that everything in the world is systemic racism. I prefer to say, yes, it is real. It's a system of laws that were created by Woodrow Wilson, FDR, and literally every Democrat since. What you don't have is you can't blame Republicans for the system because we were never there to begin with. We abandoned you in 1877 and 1890. So, yes, there is a system. And yes, progressively over the years, we've gotten rid of that system at a national level. But now it's highly localized to every major city in the country. Every hood that every black person lives in the country. So, in order to be successful, you have to live, you have to move out of your neighborhood to be successful.
3: That's not true. Because man. we're not,
1: we're a republic. It's not true, we're man. A you, you, we're not you governed. Could t- you could take
3: over your neighborhood in an inner city. You
1: can't. You, you can't. Can. I've seen to-
3: so many people. Can't take- from-
1: That's what's happening in Atlanta right now. Yeah. It, you That's know what, what it is? they're trying to do in Detroit right now, too. It, 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 it's WBE Du Bois in the talented
3: 10th. When you take all of the, the talent and the skills out of a neighborhood, what you're left with is, is a ghetto. But if yes. you stay, if you stand pat, you stand firm and you build your community, you can have what everyone else has. And and I would like now, to get back to what you guys didn't were saying. We say about-
1: that, didn't we say that the last time we talked? We yeah, we talked about that a long time ago, bro. Yeah. And, 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 and if you, I, imagine if every rapper and every actor in the country, every NBA player moved back into the hood they grew up in and built it up. Well, I don't I, I don't see, but see, the
3: thing about it is is just because you have money doesn't make you a, a viable person to build a community. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, or oh, just because you could shoot no. a basketball, your your resources are subjective. Inter- entertainment money's bullshit. I'm talking about it is the, 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 the lawyers, the doctors, the real intellectuals, the people who build shit. That's how you build a community. Like communities aren't built with rap lyrics. They're built with people who have actual skills. They're built with civil engineers and, 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 and carpenters yep. and electricians and people like that. That's but, but way. I wanted to say something real quick. You know, we talk about like calculus and saying that one race is inherently not suited to learn one thing. And and that all comes from like, if I go a little Michael Gerson, that's like the soft bigotry of low expectations. It and is. They, they, and, and and they put it's that not on even us. a
1: soft bigotry. It's a hard bigotry. Yeah. But you know what though?
3: In today's day and time, it's not the substance of the matter. It's how it's being said and presented to you. So, is. Th- so that is that is the, the biggest, I think, the biggest, not not to go off on of some black tangent, but in right. our community, singularly, that's the problem. It's not yeah. listening to what's being said, but how it's being said. The fact that, that Joe Biden is more palatable than Donald Trump is the exact definition of that. Because yeah. Joe Joe Biden is coming right into our community and slicing and dicing us up. He's militarizing the police. All of this they, you know, you you got this fucking guy elected with people talk about defund the police and black lives matter and all this other shit. And the first thing he passes are laws that are probably gonna inherently affect our community in a negative manner. So yeah. that's the biggest thing. And you know, with brothers like you that are running, man. I, I I think, and I wanted to say this, and I'm I'm gonna shut up for the rest of the show. I'm sorry, guys. No. I feel like the best thing that you can do man is reach back out over the island. I know you're up in New Hampshire and there's not a lot of people that look like you up there. But I think that if you can dominate that sector of the community cuz there there are black people and people of color everywhere. People if you can get into the minority communities and build a bridge with them and show them that yo listen man, I'm a, I'm, I'm I'm a Republican, but I'm a Republican that comes from the bottom and I built my way up. And my ideals are what helped me build my way up. And if you subscribe and deal with me, you know, I can show you the way we can show each other the way we could work together. I think that's the message that needs to be built on the ground floor because people think when yeah. you're a Republican, they think money, they think racism. And that's not the case, man. It's not the case.
1: Most of it's a lack of understanding. Well, like I said earlier, we I don't you, understand Nico. the language and how each other speaks. So we speak past each other. But
2: hey, Nico, imagine if
1: I could get, Twenty million people, forty-three million people in the black community. Imagine if I could get ten million people to start doing the type of stuff that Bo- Doctor Boyce Watkins is doing. Imagine hey, if you- I could get ten million to do what Mars Torres is doing. Hey,
3: Julian, I don't mean to interrupt you, man, but Nico was about to drop a drop, drop a gem, man. Oh Be- no, yeah. no,
5: no, no. Well, it he, it was most definitely in the line of what you were saying, um, but I think that. Instead of like, if he were to go to a community and mention his uh, affiliation to a political platform, just be the person you are.
1: Right. Go yeah. help
5: that community. Then say, "Oh, guess what? I'm a Republican. I'm not shiesty." <laughs> you show yeah. them your true values, opposed to showing them that value that they've been opposed to seeing all of their lives. Then you know. The, and you also said the language barrier isn't a thing. This because. When I get to talking to another man, if we're on the same foot, if we're on the same footing, it doesn't matter if I use a little bit of bonics. He's still going to understand where I'm coming from because the mindset is there.
1: Right. Exactly. So I I keep I I do exactly that. Like everyone keeps telling me I need to have a, a 30 second elevator pitch. I was like, really? Because the most successful elevator pits that I've had is having a real conversation with somebody.
0: Sure.
1: I'm like, I'm a normal dude. I have normal conversations with people. And at the end of it, you either like me or you don't, you either rock with what I'm saying or you don't. And me telling you my party affiliation doesn't matter because you're either going, you're either, you're either there or you're not there. Mm-hmm. And with most of the people on the left, that have watched my podcast that we've had conversations with even debate, even heated debates online, they will still rock with me solely on the fact that they understand exactly where I'm coming from and that I actually give a damn. Like I I do stuff on the ground. I, I work to fix our voting system. I work uh, to fix, to get school choice. I'm like, I'm actually the only candidate on the ground actually trying to do stuff. Because regardless of whether I win my election or not, it's all about actually trying to fix the problem.
0: Right and the on. problem
1: is usually a local problem, not a federal problem. And the only reason I'm running federally is because somebody needs to protect the state from, from the what government. happens from the federal government. Sure. And that that's my issue. And when you're a federal representative, you do have a level of clout that you can use to to use as leverage at the local level to get things done. And so that's one, that's the the only real benefit of being in D.C. because otherwise D.C.
0: sucks. Right. So I, I want to give you a little bit of advice. I've seen some of this done, and um, it, because Nico is correct about just speaking, you know, from your lips, and and you're right that it is better to give. Uh, uh, like just a personal, you know, conversation, but you do need, um, I've watched Adam do this, Thoroughly, I said, yep. helped craft his, uh, a lot of his speeches. A lot of the things that, that you've seen Adam, if you ever paid attention to Adam running for, pre- uh, when he was running for president, I was in on all those meetings. I helped craft many of the talking points that we talked about. And I watched Adam, um, take the exact same speech. He would write a long speech. Let's say it's a half an hour long speech, right? I watched him do that. And then I watched him say, okay, but I also need a 10-minute speech. And he'd take that speech and break it down to a 10-minute speech. And then I watched him do a five-minute speech and I watched him do about a two-minute speech. And it's good to have those kinds of things. And say the same shit. Say the same things you're going to say. But have it ready. Because um, because the, the one-on-one, when you're talking to me or you're talking to just Joe Schmo or Sally on the street, whoever it is, Um, When you're talking to them, have that real genuine answer their questions, talk to them particularly. But when um, when you are talking to uh, to somebody um, who is like a news media or they are um, some big wig somewhere, they're going to want that script. Hey, Chad, I'm going to finish this thought and let you let you talk. Uh, So you need to be able to just spit out the same ideas in a variety of different, uh, time frames. So my suggestion is yes, when you're dealing with just regular people and, and doing that, yes, do it off the cuff, but have several points. I also suggest you keep it to three to four major, uh, uh talking points, if you will, or three to five, uh, basic ideas and be able to pivot to something like localization, which is excellent that you, that you like that idea. You know, the, when somebody corners you into, you know, what are what are your ideas about this or that? you don't really have anything major about that idea. You know, you haven't thought about it. You can go right, but to localization, you can go, oh, okay, but shouldn't we be doing this in New Hampshire? This shouldn't be made. <laughs> this decision shouldn't be made in, you know, I have so,
1: to- I have to say that to people often Everyone wants me to be able to solve a local problem From DC And I have to keep telling people That's not my job That's actually the exact opposite of what I'm supposed to be doing I can't do that I can help you as an activist I can kick ass on the ground I can leverage my position But I sure as hell am not going to make legislation To solve a local issue in DC If we're conservatives And we're supposed to care about the constitution That's exactly what I'm not supposed to do but so, I, I take your point, and I want to say, you, we, everyone, all of y'all that have that have listened to me on my podcast or any time talking before, I hate talking points. I hate them with a right. fiery passion.
0: Sure, and when I when I'm talking, I'm talking I, I'm have, talking to, about I have to. I do
1: have to. Yeah, but and but I do want to. I want to clarify. There are a proper way to do talking points. Sure. A proper talking point fosters understanding and True. focuses on solving a solution. It opens somebody's mind to look deeper or to focus on solving the issue. The talking points I hate are the ones that Meaningless. that the media uses, the antagonistic back and forth, my team versus your team, bloods True. versus crits bullshit that True. we deal with on a regular basis. That That's the stuff I hate. So I, I do have my talking points. Like uh, that quote by Maj Torre, uh, by Tor. Torre. They're, we're all airing our grievances against the state, and they convinced us to take each other out rather than hear our grievances. That land, everyone understands that. Everyone gets it. The all of our talking points are crafted all of our perceptions of reality are crafted based on the top 1% and the bottom 1% of either larry the cable guy or gordon gecko or babies mamas and drug dealers versus athletes actors and musicians that that's reality it's all a giant facade we've all been trained
0: pretty- so I, I got to take a pause and uh, let Chad talk for a moment. And I want to say, look at this sexy beast coming in here, looking off of his dinner, looking all fancy. Look uh, at him. Uh, hey,
4: Chad, you don't
5: where's to your hat? CPT time, bro.
6: I, 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 know, I didn't throw a hat on, my bad. Uh, no, I, I really, like, I felt I felt really bad because even though this is, like, super, super important, Trying to close this deal with you know at work and everything, Um, I felt bad because like Julian's a, I consider Julian a good friend, good ally, and I didn't feel like it was um, it was fair to 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 just be like, sorry man, I can't make it. (laughs) You know, Um, what I had I had shit to do. You know, Uh, (laughs) baby needs a new pair of shoes. I don't have a baby, but uh, apparently it needs a new pair of shoes um uh, no, I, I uh i don't know i have no idea what y'all have been talking about i've been like looking into the chat and stuff like that but i couldn't listen because i was at the table and i was just kind of sneaking i was kind of being uh in a little slide with uh with with, with the phone uh, at the table at dinner but uh just just touching on on what y'all were talking about like the the whole talking points versus these local like real solutions and stuff i think a lot of times what that talking point stuff centers around is not solutions, but the exact opposite. So many of the times these talking points are deliberately drawn up to create division and to foster divisions and to make it to where the solutions don't ever happen. Because what the, what the people who want to keep that stirred up want to see is more problems that they can offer fake solutions for that get them more money to not do anything about it to then turn around and say, hey, look, there's still more problems. We need more of your money. The dialect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep, It's clicks, likes, ratings, retweets and shares mm-hmm. and donation Arguments. dollars. They keep it all going. I mean, yeah. that's what I've been basing everything on is every time. So every time I talk to all the other candidates running and my whole job is to prove That you can run a campaign differently That you can focus solely on Solutions that people really do Care more about the solution Than they do about the bullshit And every time They make a dumb tweet I go and follow it up with the nuanced reality Mm. Of How we actually have conversations And Yeah it doesn't sound Sexy at first But I've proven time and time again That look so Your tweet, your red meat tweet that you like so much got you 120,000 impressions on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Well, my nuanced reality, where most people are, got me 180,000. I'm like, so let, I'm like, let's look at them side by side. You dealt in the red meat stupidity of political gangbanging, and I dealt in a nuanced reality of where people would like our political discussion to be. And they understood exactly where I was going with this. How much of like, that you do could you drive th- the controversy, or you could drive the destruction of the country.
6: Mm-hmm. How much of that do you think is um, improved by the fact that you have some of these these, these different? I mean, because you saw it with Trump. Like Trump, for all of the flaws, okay, you have to admit that. He was able to cut through what you what decades past of filtered and curated connection with political leaders gave us, and he was instead able to cut straight to through that and talk directly to everyone who had a Twitter account immediately. How much of that do you think fosters allowing people to see like, hey, wait, there's there are are actually people who are offering some solutions versus the stuff that if you watched Fox news and MSNBC or CNN, you got just the curated version of what the talking points were. And now you actually can offer that alternative. Whereas before you would have to write an op-ed and hope that they actually publish the op-ed and hope that somebody actually reads it.
1: It's been sliced through quite a bit. Um, And I was able to make this case that all the events that I've flown to and stuff. First off, there's this idea of what a politically viable candidate is, and that's pushed down from the political establishment in D.C. The idea that only what we think or what we say, the guy that checks all the boxes is a is a politically viable candidate. And that's all bullshit, because obviously Donald Trump was not a politically viable candidate in D.C.'s eyes. And we until got elected was. regardless. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Until he until he took everybody else out. But right. his use of Twitter and going directly to people, um, I use my own Twitter, obviously. I, I don't trust it to anybody else. I would never trust it to a staffer. It seems asinine to me. And I... If somebody asks me an honest question and isn't trolling, I'll do my best to answer it. And that lands well with people. And I've tried to make that point to all the other candidates that are running that I know that, hey, run your own Twitter. Don't let a consultant post stuff for you. Their, their, their posts are usually based on some sort of poll of people who are politically savvy or the stereotype of what they believe people really want. Mm -hmm. Most people are pretty reasonable and want reasonable people to run for office. Most people. Now, granted, there's a little bit of title worship, like I said earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, However, that's dying off and it's dying off very fast. And that's another dynamic that Donald Trump brought in. The idea of blue-collar, random, everyday people running for office, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing when normal people are actually solving problems. Because normal people have a broader view of the world than your average person with a, a highly focused specialty in a single field. I And have, usually I... our politicians are highly focused in being lawyers or liars, which is the other term that we normally use. <laughs> but... I think it. I think him being in the mix really did deconstruct a lot of things. Uh, like I said about uh, racial issues, the being able to have a new, make a nuanced opinion cuts through decades of bullshit. Like uh, I'll, I'll reference just in passing, and I'm trying to get the video from the speech, but I did a mo- minority panel at uh, Faith and Freedom. In Allen, Allen, Texas. And I was asked to be the first one to speak by a bunch of the other people who were on the panel solely because once I start speaking, talking points are off the table because you're going to sound like an idiot if you start coming with talking points and I'm bringing actual solutions and nuance reality. Right. And I started off and consecutively down the line, halfway down the panel, it just compounded and compounded and compounded and got great. Absolutely fantastic content. And then somebody who I will not name picked up the mic from the opposite end of the panel, skipped over like five people and just ranted for like six minutes. And that rant for six minutes sounded stupid Uh because it was a reiteration of the same point over and over again. Like the, the pen is red. Red is pen. (laughs) <laughs> for as many remember, ways as you could possibly think before and we, that did before
6: not Rubio, You remember when, when Chris Christie dumped a bunch of coke on Marco Rubio's motherboard and made him like glitch out and and his brain fried and he kept repeating the same shit about Obama over yeah. and over again and, it was awesome. and then Chris Christie yeah. was like you see that? This is what happens this is what DC right. does to you and then video right. comes back and does the same thing again
0: right yeah, and and I do need before we move on, and and we probably ought to start moving towards wrapping up. But yeah. uh, I do want to tell you a story, Julian, that you'll appreciate. Um, most people, when they talk to me, that if they think about me at all when it com- relates to politics, they think, oh, he's a libertarian and he's been in Adam's camp forever, and that's all they know. The truth is that my very first interview that I ever got for anyone was for Christy Risk, who was running for Congress as a Republican in Indiana. That is a fact. And she was a constitutional Republican. Part of what she did when uh, she was running for, and her and I were friends, I, mean, I haven't talked to her in years, but um, part of what she did was she went to Washington, D.C., and when you were talking about running your own Twitter, uh, somebody else got kind of famous for doing that, a, a little-known uh, congressman named Justin Amash. And she asked She asked Justin, she said, Justin... Um, I noticed that you run your own Facebook and your own Twitter and all of that. How do you do that? Because I see a lot of people don't. And how do you have time? And he said, I'll show you. And he took her to a hotel and I'm trying to cut this as short as I can, but uh, he took her to a hotel in DC. And what you could see for two floors, for two floors is you saw people. um, I'm adding Jonesy back. You saw people, uh, like congressmen going in one door, coming out, going in another door, going out. And there were two floors of this going on in this hotel. And she goes, what, what is this? And he, and he said, this is the answer to your question. See all those doors. And she said, yeah, yeah. And he said, those are lobbyists and those uh, congressmen are going from one door to another door, to another door, to another door. How I have time to do my own Facebook is I don't fucking do that. (coughs) <laughs> so all and and
1: I'm gonna be honest, I'm gonna be honest and say, uh I've already I've already had people proposition me. I've already had people offer that stuff.
4: Uh-huh.
3: I
1: don't give a shit. I don't yeah. give a shit. What I would exactly rather proposition fail. Oh, of <laughs> course. <laughs> campaign, we'll help the campaign. Y'all remember? I
6: remember the movie Distinguished Gentleman with Eddie Murphy, right? Where like yes. all the people—hell like
1: yes, it was it was a terrible terror. movie. Though.
6: Everybody's trying to get in, you know, get their little uh, their little hooks in him and everything to try to get him on this committee and on that committee, so that they can. Because then, once once you're once you're bought in, and, and then they use like compromising, you know either situations or photographs, they set the one guy up to get caught drunk driving and all this other kind of shit with another woman and everything. Like it's, it's a, it's a big, it's a big cabal of like racket shit. Like, a like George Carlin said, it's a let big me, club. And let me be it.
1: complete. Let me be completely honest and say, I'd rather go to jail. Good. Mm. Keep I'd rather that go to jail so because be if you completely honest, I don't like, so I'll, I'll say again, uh, I, I'm that guy. When I was active duty, I was raised like I, I've said before. My my whole family is military. My mom, my dad, previous generations. I was raised to be the guy that you can say whatever the hell you want, as long as you're right. Mm. And if you say whatever the hell you want and you stick to your principles, God will never steer you wrong. Case in point, God will have your back.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, don't get me wrong. No, you're wrong. If God has your back, and you decide to skip on your principles for even a moment, the retribution is swift.
0: Yeah. So, so
1: I I take that
0: lane. Keep keep that because if you don't, if you don't, if you wind up starting to take that money, and you start wind up taking all that shit, you wind up here.
6: Hey, where's uh, where's HW? Uh, I had HW in there before. Come on now,
0: <laughs> I know, but oh, it, it, the bed was entirely too crowded then, <laughs> and I made that right. The right bed.
5: From... I know,
3: it got
1: a those little dirty. Those some J.
0: of the.
1: Those <laughs> are some of the funniest South Park episodes. I gotta say, yeah, oh, yeah. for sure. Well, that was from the movie,
6: wasn't it? The, uh, mm-hmm. from, yeah. the yeah, it was from the movie, bigger, longer, and uncut, or whatever. It's
1: sure it's pretty funny. I still yeah, gotta Miles say one of my favorite Steve. episodes is the. I'm so the, what was it? The dance battle that oh, yeah. I'm so nonconformist. I'm going to nonconform to your nonconformity. And then, <laughs> uh, and then the, um, the humans is pretty good. Uh, the frat house, the undercover frat house one. That was good.
3: Listen, when nothing beats one the room, when gross. they joined a boy band, a boy band finger bang.
1: <laughs> oh, that,
3: was, that was the best. Brandon,
0: I can't choose one. One of my favorites is one when Cartman gets fucking implanted by the aliens and they come out his ass. That is one that, of the funniest things in the world. Oh, <laughs> that
3: and team Amer- Team America is an underrated oh, classic.
6: True sure, uh, I, I don't know one
5: of the best movies that like make uh, fun of America and like <laughs> it's bullshit right. how like we can make things cartoon depicting and like nobody believe watch it or not
1: cartoons. I wanted to try and get uh, get a hold of DJ Suede and have him write me a campaign, uh, mix me a campaign song hmm. with Team America yeah. and This Is America. That's uh, nice. yeah, that's, that'd be funny because he, out of everyone, out of anyone that could do it,
3: he's the guy that could do it. You better make sure it's one part that's not in that campaign slogan.
6: <laughs> you know what I'm talking This man is so yeah. American
3: that he's willing to get down on his
4: knees.
6: Right. What's funny about Team America is that when that movie came out, like it was, it was like right after the like Iraq invasion and everything. It was yeah. not long after that stuff. And I like, this is one of those uh, dirty little secrets that I've admitted it before. I'll admit it again. That was when I was a neocon, and I was, like, down with the, the struggle, you know?
3: What? Little, little Rumsfeld, baby Rumsfeld over there. Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> Bro, look, what? I, I, I'm i not even going to lie. Like, this is so dirty. I can't believe I even said this. This shit came out of my mouth. I'm not even going to lie. I had a friend, and I was talking to him, and there was some uh, some – Bumsfeld press conference was going on, and like somebody was pressing him on some of the shit about the WMBs. And like, I told a friend of mine, I was like, I was like, man, it'd be really cool if he just told that reporter to shut the fuck up. And like, and I was like, God damn, like, I'll look back and I'm like, son of a bitch, man. Right. Uh, Same. Like, how many lives, how many lives were saved today? <laughs> <laughs> because yeah. the motherfucker's not here anymore. For sure. Uh, but it would have been I, cool if somebody I was told him I was mad at TV this America. Is, I was mad. at going to be the making fun of some of the stuff, like when they did that whole like dicks, pussies, and assholes segment or whatever. I was like, "That's right, that's right." Fuck these people! You gotta go over there. You gotta fuck shit up. You gotta blow shit up. And and now I look at it and I'm like, "God damn, man!" Like they were they were actually like striking at they were they were satirizing that idea that people have
4: mm-hmm. about
6: how like somehow we're not the assholes, you know, like we're, we're the the dicks, (laughs) you know, but but if you think about it,
3: (laughs) for yourself, Chad, (laughs) Uh,
1: well, I can't, I can't use that as a campaign slogan. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not an asshole. I'm a dick. (laughs) Wait, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, <laughs> this this so let's far. be honest, <laughs> they're, they're going, eventually somebody is going to do opposition research and try to look up podcasts or whatever. Anyone that looks up this podcast, I want you to know I own everything that I said in this damn podcast. I don't it's give true. a shit what you think. I'm a real freaking dude and I have real freaking opinions and I have fun. I drink beer when I'm on podcast. God Why? damn Why? Right. Because I'm fucking American and he could pound sand. That's right. right. He was,
3: he was, he oh, was yeah. smoothly spinning his bottle opener while he was answering questions. That is the man that you need down in Washington to fight for you, god damn it. He was spinning that <laughs> bottle opener like a Chinese star. He's a man.
6: <laughs> man. He drinks like
3: and he roots for the yeah. Patriots, which is. Yeah, how, you have,
6: how could you want to have a beer with <laughs> anyone else when he has the class? Like first class.
1: Well, uh, beer I'll, I'll be honest. I have a, I have a glass. I have a bottle of bourbon that I haven't opened yet, and I was going to pour a glass right before coming in here, but I literally got here with like five minutes to hop on.
0: <laughs> right. So well, look, I,
1: I was like, an I'm glad
6: you weren't able to crack it open. A of old fashions in me. So
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glad because you can't share What's any it? of it with us. Yeah, that's right. You know what? You know what? That's right. Come up here on the 22nd. Oh,
3: boy. On the 22nd am of am July, I allowed I'm, to come up there? <laughs> so on, the,
1: on the 22nd of July, I'm going to have a big, a big fundraiser at one of the nightclubs up here.
2: Damn, and I'd love that. to have
1: you all up here to have a glass of bourbon, smoke a cigar, and maybe we can spill some freedom into some people. So
3: that's what they call it in strip clubs it now. Spilling like
6: freedom.
1: freedom. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'm kidding. I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, no, I can't be going to strip clubs. <laughs> Campaign. <for every> <laughs> <country>. <laughs> I need every single. I need every single that people slip into my my uh, thong. Hey, right. I, I can't. we
0: go strip Hey, um, I, I do want to
6: remember that Julian just said he owns everything he said on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Please delete that from the record. He didn't own that. It was only,
4: I, keep
3: forgetting your, I keep forgetting that you're running for office, but I'm 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 sorry that I'm sorry uh, right. level.
1: I'm, I'm the same because dude I, I am in my podcast. I don't, I don't care if people. I know I'm podcast,
3: and 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 you're like really trying to do shit, and I'm just trying to make sophomore jokes, and I'm very very. Sorry. <laughs> you know the Ninja Turtles, yeah. the Ninja
6: Turtles were okay. raised in a sewer. Jones, yeah. I want to say from the sewer, from the turtle sewer.
1: It's right, baby. I, I, I gotta say necessary. I gotta say the one thing I hated about politicians is none of them ever get to have any fun. Mm. They never get to tell mm. the truth. They always have to be scripted and on par. You know what? When you get to have fun, have fun. When you get to be a real person, be a real person. I can tell you right now, if Joe Rogan has me in on a podcast, I'm not going to be all friggin' height, all tight assed with a, with a tux on Mm -hmm. trying to talk to Joe Rogan. I'm going to be chilling with him and having a drink.
3: Bill Clinton had a whole hell of a lot of fun when he was in politics. What are you talking about? He got a handy and everything. I ain't gonna be trying. I, think I, God, I ain't gonna be, be, be trying right. to have that. No, no, no I, I, listen, cigar. I, I had this, I had to say, Andy, because there might be young people watching this and they don't know what that is. Yeah,
6: they know, they know what know the other thing is. Do they know what a humidor yeah. is? Because that's what Monica Lewinsky was,
0: right? Yeah.
6: Ah, right. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so <laughs> I, I do want to start to wrap up. Um. I want to thank first of all i want to thank uh my brothers who have been here from practically the beginning chad and nico for joining us tonight did make wind wind up making it um but i also want to give a big shout out to first uh, daryl man i appreciate you coming in and sticking with me through this show and uh I I want to advise anyone that uh, hasn't yet that isn't uh, a member of our Patreon do join at the $5 level. I know that that's not that much money and um, what it gets you is it gets you into the conversation behind the scenes. It is, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. It it get it it gives you access to Daryl. So Daryl, I want to say thank you for joining me and dropping the gems that you did brother.
2: Hey, not a problem at all, man. You know, I'm, I'm just glad to be here, honestly. You know, I mean, uh, I dropped it earlier in the chat, that, that comment from, or not comment, but uh statement from Ben Franklin. You know, if we don't hang together, we're surely going to hang separately.
0: For sure. And I also yeah. want that that is definitely true. And I also want to thank the pod father, my brother, Jonesy, for okay. joining us tonight, kind of at the spur of the moment. Um, and just so I, I think I can speak for Chad and Nico. You're always welcome. Come on, jump, jump in whenever you'd like. And right. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> wait, wait, wait,
5: wait. Don't you got a picture for him, Jonesy? Yes, I do. Uh-oh. Put
4: the fucking plane down, motherfucker. (laughs) 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 What is that?
6: that You put that shit up there. I had said, like, a word. And you already put the fucking... Land
1: the plane thing up
3: here. No, that was for <laughs> Julian. That was not for you this time. Oh, that was
1: for Julian. Okay, that was anyway. for Julian. We had to, we had to wrap it's Julian like up. Rotten, the time. It it's says, like a rotten <laughs> banana attached to a freaking dolphin. <laughs> Thank you, Julian. Land Somebody. the plane. That, 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 that
6: is. Thank you, Julian. Somebody is uh. a slander this motherfucker for his slander.
5: Thank you. <laughs> so Marcus and Nico,
3: does that not
6: look like the
0: sweetest <laughs> ass play that you've seen? It's, it's, it's awesome, man. It's just awesome. You, I, I, Nathan, I have man. one of Jimmy those Rock in my backyard. Jimmy it's
6: it's, it's as sweet as a rotten banana. It is as sweet as a rotten banana. I will and So give are you all that. your takes
3: on strip clubs. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> <For sure. laughs>
1: and, I'm, I'm,
6: you. I'll go to strip clubs, so I you know
1: it's, <laughs> She was a nice lady.
0: Right. (laughs) uh, And I want to thank Julian. I really do hope that you have the most success that you can possibly have. Um, Because again, how awesome would it be that somebody that actually pays attention to us is in Congress? That would be pretty cool. I'd be all right with that.
6: The world—that would be retarded. That would be so awesome. I would be worried that the world would be coming to an end. Because wait—is this Valhalla or is (laughs) this (laughs) again? I don't know which one it is.
0: Right. So, so I want to thank you. And is there uh, your uh, Twitter's down below? As is your donation link. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to plug tonight, Julian?
1: Uh no, not really. I haven't even done any new episodes of my of my podcast. I'm I'm going to get back into it, but I've been researching for this. I've been researching for that book. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip DC apart. All the talking points on both sides of the aisle—they're all bullshit. Sure. Now I'm gonna use actual history and stats to do it. We like nice.
0: Yeah. Well. Like if you were in Indiana, I'd be voting for your ass. So you can uh and and I don't get out to vote for everybody. <laughs> so just being clear.
6: Right. Oh, I've had people.
5: Can we go to a ballot box and just like vote for like one person and then just like go mind the rest of our business?
3: Yeah. Nico. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't yeah. vote.
5: I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I'm not- decapitated by a lot of black people, but like, are not no, no, I take that back. I just, you know, we talked about this. I don't mean to go down a bunny hole, but like Jonesy said it, I think we all agree, both talking points on both sides are full of bullshit and I believe yeah. that having a real person in there giving out you know, real common sense and advice to regular degular Joe Smo Americans, I think, I think it's going to start clicking on. Um, but it's all about what is it? Um, your 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 media? What the fuck is the advertisement? Like you said, It's a proper mm-hmm. advertisement. You being on this show properly advertises you, uh, minus certain segments. But <laughs> we, well, you hey, know, you're still you show doing that proper message, boss amazing. man. You spitting it and you spitting the truth, and we appreciate that. And we appreciate your strides. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all, boss.
1: Oh, thank you, man. It, it's all about just. If we speak truth and we have real conversations and we actually be real people, uh real individuals in front of people. I am not here to pretend.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Pretenders I don't not not apply.
6: Yeah, that's what I love about you. You're fucking like real even like every every time I have talked to you, even like the time like when you called me up and you're like, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this." And then when you had me on your show to talk with uh with your friend who's like a a, a former police officer and everything like we we talk about you never held back. You, you said what you wanted to say. You didn't try to like couch it in any kind of like PC kind of yeah. bullshit. Even, even to try to make me feel more comfortable. You just said what you needed to say. And I felt more comfortable with that because I knew that like, okay, he's not tap dancing. Yeah. I'm not tap, tap dancing. We're just going to go right at it. And we're going to hit, hit this head on. But we were doing it in like a, a genuine desire to understand each other better and and that's, that's I, all you can ask from a dialogue
1: I legitimately believe the majority of the damn country is honestly right here on 80% of shit mm-hmm. and we argue about 10% of shit where it's literally just language that separates us sure. and then there's like 10% of it that we are never ever going to agree on and that's the that's the far fringes that dc manages to keep us all arguing about
6: well think about the bullshit around all this like crt stuff everything you got people like in these two different echo chambers yelling at each other about some stuff that where they neither one of them has even read the shit to see what it's really even about and they're gonna know whether it's good or bad and the
1: people who i'll do an episode on that
6: yeah, the people who have read it, who are defending it, haven't read it. Yeah. The people who are who are excoriating it haven't read it either. But they're both arguing with each other. Like, it's the most important thing. Meanwhile, those fucking people unemployed that can't pay their bills. And they're going to get kicked out when the moratoriums get listed. They're going to get kicked out of their apartment or their house. You know, like, there's some real yeah. shit going on. And people aren't talking about the real shit. And they're talking about all this other shit that's like manufactured in the media.
2: Can I you know
1: something?
2: what? That- I'm, I'm, I'm
6: actually going to do yeah. an
1: episode. I'm going to do an episode on that. And I'd like to have y'all on. Because I just finished reading yeah. it. And I'm I'm actually kind of pissed off. At both sides for this. Because yeah. we could have had a real. We could have had a legit rational fucking discussion. About this shit. Mm-hmm. And because the left. The left combined. The original text of critical race theory. With white fragility. And the 1619 project. And that's what people are complaining about, is what we're seeing our kids come home with is that combination. And that Mm -hmm. is very much anti-white and tear people down to build other people up. And then you look at and they're not even teaching critical race theory. Right. So when the left says you're not we're not even teaching critical race theory, you know what? They're right because it's been bastardized. Right. So they're using the fact that it's been bastardized as a defense, whereas we could have sat here and been like, no, you bastardized it, and you're calling it this, but it's not that, and you're all a bunch of frickin' liars, and you're trying to destroy the damn country, and there are some legit serious issues with CRT. Mm -hmm. There's some legit serious fucking problems with CRT, but we're All all at each other's throats, and neither side is having a legitimate fucking argument. Because all they care about is scoring points on each other. And oh, I'm, I'm already fucking done with it. Honestly, exactly. I'm probably going to. This is why I'm like, you know what? Just I I don't want my kid learning CRT. It's bullshit. My kid can learn all the fucking U.S. history in the goddamn planet. And at freaking 12 years old, he can debunk CRT in his fucking sleep. And CRT is a legal theory, so it doesn't. It's not even be taught being taught in school because you don't learn law in school. Mm. So it, it it literally is critical uh, pedagogy, uh, uh, pedagogy along with um, critical with uh, white fragility and 1619 project, and that's what the kids are really learning. I what think New prepare? Hampshire's, I think New Hampshire's bill regarding this was honestly the best that I've seen so far. Mm.
6: I have I don't know anything about that. I'm gonna have to look into it. Um, I want uh, to. It's the libertarians
1: in the state that wrote
2: it. I'll, I'll oh, send you guys okay. a
1: copy of it.
6: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> please do. Please do. Daryl, what were you trying to say earlier?
2: I was just trying to say that basically, yeah, CRT is a, you know, it, it, it's a problem. But I don't want us to be falling for the, you know, Divine the conquer. kitchen. The, the kitchen sink is broken, and, and you know, but. We really should be worried about the, the foundation of the house. There, there's mm-hmm. there's bigger problems going on, and then this whole conversation control. Hold up.
0: something's breaking out. Uh, Dude, what uh, is, the, is
6: that? An alien? Apartment's aliens are trying to eat Daryl. He's, he's
5: got some shaved ice in the background.
0: Yeah, there was I don't know what there was a something uh, clouding what you were saying, Daryl. Nico, nobody's oh, making ice, man. <laughs>
5: that is
1: Chicago? What you talking about, G? That's on that's on my end. I, w- I was messing with something.
2: Okay, okay. All
6: right, go ahead, Daryl.
2: Yeah, I was just trying to say that the whole CRT thing is it, it's a it, it's it's a it, it's a distraction. It's the bread and circus. We're we're falling for things that mm-hmm. are minuscule when we have really the, the foundation of the house falling out and we're complaining about the kitchen sink being broken. Right. In reality, you got to be more concerned with the, the fact that, you know, they're, they're medically bending people over backwards. We've got the ATF now trying to change the definition of what's a pistol, what's a rifle. They're disarming the the population now because, I mean, for, for many reasons, but, you know, obviously – There's a a rise in the uh, percentage of black people who are buying guns and we're now the largest gun buying demographic, but now it's time to really crack down on disarming the American people. Don't fall for the talking points. Turn off the fucking TV and wake up.
3: and Listen to what Joe Biden is saying.
2: By the way, thank you, Marge Tour
1: making the black community the largest gun-buying demographic in the country. Word. but Joe Biden just said
3: last week, he goes, you know, everybody wants to bring up the Second Amendment. Everybody wants to talk about the Second Amendment. Second Amendment wasn't for everybody, everybody, folks. It really wasn't for everybody. So who the fuck are these people he's talking about that it wasn't for? Wow.
6: said it was very specific about who could, there were certain people who could not own weapons. Yeah, there and were, were certain
3: people who could not oh. own weapons. And my face doesn't really move when I talk. Because I'm an avatar,
1: mm-hmm. and nah. I have that. know what? You know what?
4: <laughs>
3: you know what?
1: <laughs> bet your ass, that's about to be my next dad right there. Mm-hmm. Bet yeah. your ass, all gun control is racist, and Joe for Biden facts. just fucking proved it. sure. Mm-hmm. I don't want to bet my it. ass. I like my ass. I swear, ass. there's <laughs> not a there's not a dude there's not a dude that a, uh, you know what? I was going to say something. I probably too. Well, something. whoa! Don't you <laughs> listen? You are running for office, brother. Listen, don't
3: don't go full Jonesy here. I'm not running for anything. Definitely don't go full Marcus. That's
1: right. And if, uh, if, if you don't want to go full Marcus. I'm going to be honest. Just text there's me and I'll say it for gonna you. There's probably going to be a point. There's <laughs> probably going to be a point where somebody's going to push me too far. Marcus, is, Marcus is so bad. And it's Marcus. solely because Uh, somebody called me. Somebody called me a white supremacist the other day. I thought it was
3: hilarious. (laughs) They called you a beige supremacist. (laughs) She saw saw the. She saw the seventeen.
1: So she saw the hat, and she goes, "Is that a response to the sixteen nineteen project?" I was like, "No, it's actually a veterans organization." (laughs) But okay, whatever. And she's like, "Well, what does it do?" I was like we kind of get together to stop each other from committing suicide, kind of like a kind of a big deal. And she was like, It sounds like a white supremacist organization. I was like, why? You and your buddies want to join? You want to get dressed up in sheets all over again and go running around town, burning shit down, (laughs) putting crosses in people's yards. Did not say that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I said out loud
3: ladies and gentlemen, he did not mean that.
1: (laughs) Even like this shit right and there. Even her Even oh. her little democrat bot Buddies were like shit Oh no <laughs> Ladies I'm and like, gentlemen
3: We love Julian and he did not mean that And he actually and I'm wants like, to win <laughs>
1: I'm like I'm like no 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 If you got if if the left If you really want to start talking shit And y'all want to get into a shit talking Match I'm your man 'cause I'll shot I'll talk shit with you all day. I'll clap back against you the left all damn day. You want to start acting stupid? Let's play stupid games.
6: Mm. For sure. Don't be Bring the John I'm good at politics. It. Don't be the jarl of politics. I'm policies, good at
3: it. <laughs> <rule>. so, <laughs> we going to clap back. We going to clap back. <laughs> Don't do that.
0: So Julian, it's been excellent oh. having you on, and at some point uh, you'll have to keep us updated on how things are going as the uh, primary heats up and those kinds of things. I, I definitely, uh, if anyone who's watching this is in New Hampshire, check him out. Uh, again, his links are down below. And um, I wanna advise everyone, unless Chad wants to advise everybody. Chad, you wanna advise oh, yeah. everybody? I
6: wanna make sure everybody remembers to like, to share, to subscribe. Two shares to speed the spread of this podcast. Join our Patreon at the five dollar level. You get to join our Telegram chat where the, all the anarchs get together, and we we offer all kinds of like Dale's dropping like deals on like um, new implements of self protection. Um, I'll say that, and, uh, and 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 the stuff that goes in said implements. Um, but, uh, but no, we also have, like, our Teespring store where we've got tons of merchandise, uh, and we're actually, um, we were talking about this last week. Yeah, there's the Ogre Shit shirt. Shout out to Nico for coming up with the Ogre Shit slogan for what government is. I got another one for a shirt. That's what I, I was about to say, like, Nico, look, Nico. Look, week. I got you guys. and Let's hear it. specific Let's hear for it. this
5: episode. Let's we go. are not the assholes, we are the dicks.
6: That's it. That's it. I don't want that shirt. I can put that on the shirt. No. I don't think there's a pause button big enough. Um not do that no, I will
3: wear that shirt like Superman.
6: Says, go to our Teesprings <laughs> like- for this Teespring store. Sorry, I had a too too many old fashions at dinner. Um Go to our Teespring store and do that specifically because we do not have the shirt that Nico just described.
5: <laughs> well,
6: we got ogre shit, right? We will not have the other one. I'm going to be the um, living
3: embodiment of a dick. I'm going to be like this, looking all aggressive. <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, we have Jonah, Jonah Hill's notebook from Superbad on this, uh, on this shirt or <laughs> something. Uh, yeah, just, no, just put me anyway, in the shirt like this. It's we we got a lot of <laughs> merchandise already there that Marcus designed, and uh, and there's one shirt, the IDT shirt that Marcus and I designed together. The rest of them are mostly Marcus, um, or almost all Marcus, if not all yeah. Marcus. Yeah. But we're about to we're ideas about to
0: from people new like
6: new Merch, yeah, yeah. So uh, so anyway. Oh yeah, that's right, Daryl. Yeah, Daryl. Shout out to Daryl for the "Make America Rebel Again" idea. That was a, that was a great idea for that shirt. And we have the "Make uh, Anarchy Great Again," which was inspired by Hotel Jesus. But tons of merchandise there. Go to the Peace Spring store. All the links are in the description below. And uh, this is this has been a great conversation. I can't wait to go back and watch the first hour and a half that I missed because I was at dinner. Um, but Julian, man, like I. I'm so glad that I got to actually come in and, and share some time with you because it's been a while since we actually got to talk, but this was great. And uh, I like I fully – everybody who I have any connection with in New Hampshire, I'm going to get them activated to go out and, and help, you, uh, help you win your race. Um, we got tons of friends in the uh, Libertarian Party of New Hampshire, and there's been actually – quite a kerfuffle about the fact that they have said if there's a candidate like you and they don't really have a viable libertarian who could run against you, that they would actually be more willing to like support your campaign because you're a legitimate liberty-based Republican running in, in, that, in a race than, than to try to run against you just for the sake of running against you. So uh, I'm going to see what I can do to try to, try to help, uh, help make that happen because I think you're one of the good ones. You're one of the legit ones, and we need sure. to promote that. So we really appreciate you coming on.
1: I am going to share this whole podcast with uh, the New Hampshire uh, Mises Caucus and Libertarian mm-hmm. Party and the Free State Project because regardless of whether I win or not, I want everybody to be watching this. I want everyone yeah. to watch you guys' podcast. Appreciate hopefully, it. hopefully, y'all will have ten thousand subscribers by the end of the day.
0: That'd be great. We appreciate that, brother. No less,
1: no less is
3: acceptable.
6: Thank you very much. <laughs> and,
3: and, and, and and don't don't if if you have any like uh, intellectual bone in your body, bone or brain or anything, don't watch the Waste of Talent podcast. You Definitely will not get it. it time. Don't watch that. It's terrible. No.
6: But go to the Podcasts and listen to the Waste of Talent podcast at the very least.
1: Hey, sure. anytime, anytime, Jonesy, you wanna, I'll come on your show. Hey, you guys, yeah, I just sent you guys my number in the chat. Shoot me out a phone call anytime. All right, brother. Yeah. Yeah,
5: no and yeah. hopefully,
1: hopefully, maybe y'all can be up here on the twenty second. We even, we can have a drink. Hey, I already. Got I would love to. Working on it.
0: I I would love to. I doubt I'll be able to make it. Um, Something that you should be aware of that's coming your way, Um, you can get in touch with Magnus. This might be something you'd be interested in. He's doing an anti-war march uh, that Adam's already agreed to get involved in in D.C. uh, coming up this fall. And I don't remember the dates, but that might be something you're interested in as well.
1: If it doesn't conflict with the Solutionary Summit, I'm
0: down. Cool. Um, I'll try to get that information to you as well.
6: Solutionary Summit Labor Day weekend. Isn't it? it's like yeah,
0: weekend. I think
1: first
6: first it's weekend
1: of first weekend of September, and then Hotep Jesus. When is this event?
6: That's August twenty right. sixth to twentieth. I think. Yeah.
1: All right.
0: I will be in I the think, place to be. I wish. Yeah, I I'll go. be a
1: Too broke. But it's you all right.
0: Go. I'm buying a house. I'm not gonna be able to oh, go. Shit. <laughs> 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 hey,
6: anyway, Vegas, is, right. about the, You're the homestead
1: Vegas first, is about the cheapest Freaking destination to go to Yeah, me mm, and Chad I'm are going to all share a all... room
0: right
1: <laughs> <on>. <laughs> No, not at all
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want <laughs> <Not> to know <enough>. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
3: Listen, listen, listen no. listen. I thought we've already established No,
6: fuck no
5: Listen. <laughs> listen, <laughs> gonna show, them we- boxing moves and show them the head moving you know? yeah listen
3: I'm just gonna show up I'm gonna come in the room real quick I'm gonna piss all over the toilet seat I'm gonna leave that's what I do
6: <laughs> <laughs> bro, bro, my dad my dad used to travel like same thing that I'm doing but like one time it was like real late at night they got in from the plant and <laughs> he he threw his duffel bag in from the from the room like just just threw it in Thing <laughs> lands on the bed the bed goes oh like that. They <laughs> given him the key to somebody's room that already had the room.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, oh, man. Man,
6: There's this woman sitting on the bed reading a book and she like she was like ah! and I was like <laughs> I just like closed the door real quick and went back to the front desk. I was like, um, and the girls laughing at the front desk when I get there. I'm like, um, the woman in the room you just gave me the key to, she's not laughing. So you need to rectify this shit real quick. Cause like as far as she's concerned, I just tried to attack her. And all I did was like open the door with my key and like push the doorknob. And I as soon as I saw her, I was like, close the door real quick. Anyway, it's uh I don't want you anywhere near my room, Josie.
4: <laughs> damn it.
3: I want to play a practical joke on you, but it, it's no. gonna happen, damn it. No. And I'm recording it. And it's gonna <laughs> yeah. be on the Jean Corps social media <laughs> platform, damn it. Chad gets pranked. Right on. You know
1: what? Maybe that's why I'll do in Congress. I'll start playing practical jokes on Congressmen. If
5: they
0: play enough on us. I'm saran
5: wrapping hey, Chad's it, toilet. It's beautiful because then you'll catch. People are gonna start memeing the shit, and then boom. <laughs> no, you dude, imagine like, that
3: you catch like Mitt Romney, like. <laughs> wait, for
1: real, for real, you're I out, hope honestly, there are. I hope there are not too many with heart conditions.
6: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like I'm not sure if you're familiar with Vermin Supreme. But if you are or aren't, either way, go check out his yeah. stuff. Like he, he's like he's a classic. Like he he finds these ways. To, now he's not necessarily doing. He's not fucking Johnny Knoxville or some shit where he's like pulling pranks on people. Um, you know that way, but it's but he's definitely doing that sort of performance art. I think um,
1: I think he was up at a uh, Pork Fest this weekend, but I missed him. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well guys, we've got to wrap this up. I've got to get going. So Fine, this has pussies. been yeah. I know, I know.
5: I gotta go eat pimping. My bedtime is right now.
1: So hey, like, yeah. You I just, gotta week, I gotta be up at 3 a.m. So I gotta scat. At 3 a.m. brothers. Right you feel me? Peace?
0: Let's suffer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, guys, thank you everybody who's joined us, and thanks to everybody in the chat that stayed this long, and thank you to anyone who's watched for this long. And uh, all I got to say, are you going to take, are you going to hit the, the outro? It,
6: yeah, I'm I'm okay. Ready.
0: Stay free, my friends. <laughs>